Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Both the uh, front page of the Examiner and the Echo feature the passing of one of Cork's favourite sons yesterday, Billa. Um, the Echo very much so on the front page. The Examiner carried as well. Like the Echo, the Echo says, farewell, Billa, as the tributes flowed in and they started to flow in yesterday morning on the air here. Uh, the Lockman the Cork man, the age of 91, passing away at home with his family and loved ones. And um, the funeral will uh, be streamed and you will be able to watch it. Um, and uh, Billa will be laid to rest tomorrow. And just picking this up from the Echo this morning where they say, survived obviously by his beautiful wife, Nell. I only found out yesterday uh, that Nell was Cinderella in one of the very early pantos. So Billa married Cinderella. Isn't that beautiful? Um, and there's six children uh, and all of their grandchildren remembered on Lee's side, of course, as an icon and the master of comedy and lots more besides. So Billa will be reposing today at uh, Wilton Funeral Home in Sarsfields Road between four and six and just family and close friends at that one, lads. Uh, and then tomorrow at 10 a.m., there'll be mass held um, at the Immaculate Conception in the Lock funeral afterwards to St. Finbar's and bearing in mind as well now that the church will be 50% capacity but it will be live streamed on the lock um, I suppose it's church services .tv forward slash the lock church so they're the arrangements for tomorrow and of course there's a an online book of condolence as well from City Hall so I'll come back to that later on. Great photographs actually making all of the papers and uh, Owen English has a lovely tribute in the examiner this morning together with some great colour shots of Jim Queeley, uh, Paddy Comerford and Billa in one of the Opera House pantomimes. They were <laughs> the, the ugly sisters. <laughs> Um, it's just great. There's some lovely, lovely reminiscing. And, and uh, Catherine Van Buckley wrote a beautiful piece. I think it makes the echo today. It certainly was online yesterday. A beautiful, beautiful tribute from Catherine Van Buckley from CADA, uh, Dramatic Arts, um, a super person and a great friend of Billa. Other news in the paper, and I'll have more on that later this morning, but other news in the paper this morning has become quite divisive, I have to say. Maybe we'll come back to this at some stage, get you, your guys' thoughts on it. Michal now has rolled, rolled in and said, you know, that the, um, the cash bonuses, uh, the days off uh, for those who um, served through and worked hard through the pandemic will not be limited to just frontline workers. Uh, or, I mean, when you say frontline workers, where do you even draw the line within the public sector, for instance? But he's also saying that, um, say, for instance, as an example, shop workers would also be included in uh, the cash payments, <coughs> the bonuses, uh, the days off. And I think that's going to annoy an awful lot of people in the private sector who don't get a look in on this, particularly those that have worked all the way through the pandemic. And indeed, isn't it that much of, the, of it will be paid by private sector wages and taxations? So that's kind of going to be interesting because you're looking at at least a billion to pay that in the first place. And they're also talking in the front of this morning's Independent today that they're also going to create a new bank holiday, which means we'd have like 10, 10 bank holidays. Uh, and they also want to raise the minimum wage. Nobody would disagree with that to €10.50 Euro an hour. So 30% increase in the minimum wage, a new bank holiday. At least everybody would benefit from that section of it. Uh, but I may well come back to that to get people's thoughts on it. Um, you know, where do you draw the line? What about everybody else that worked through the pandemic? What about people who lost their jobs or uh, were made part-time? Or indeed, the many people who took wage cuts that have not come back and may never come back. They don't seem to be looking at uh, any kind of reward like some sections of society. The housing crisis uh, makes the front of um, this morning's mail in the sense that they're saying that only students from wealthy families will ultimately be able to go uh, to college. 
that, which unfortunately was the way it was, say, 70, 80, 100 years ago. And they're saying we're going back to those kind of days now because uh, they just can't afford uh, the added expenses, particularly trying to find somewhere to live. And you've got many who are couch surfing or sleeping in hostel dorms containing seven or eight other people are having to bizarrely fork out to stay in hotels as they desperately wait in the hope that digs will become available. And that's why students reps from Cork are... Um, Taken to the streets, there's a sleep out in front of the door, in front of Dal Aaron to um, uh, highlight the accommodation crisis, which they say is at breaking point. I think we passed breaking point a long time back. It's a very sad story that I'll come back to in, in a few minutes' time, and that is a stabbing on Lee Side. I remember reporting on it at the time, where a man by the name of uh, Cormac Daly, at the age of uh, 57, was uh, stabbed in an unprovoked attack. Uh, on the north side, and the 75-year-old man who stabbed him uh, got 10 years jail yesterday. Well, would you believe it that while while surgeons were operating to save Cormac Daly's life, they found underlying cancer in his body and underlying cancer in the body that then killed him, took his life, I have to say, five months later. So some more on that a little later. But there's a bizarre story in The Examiner today. It's the story of four prison officers. They're being investigated now after three of the four of them went on the beer. Uh, They were escorting a dangerous gangland prisoner to and from uh, court. So they were going from Port Leash to court in Dublin and back again. But apparently when they were up there, three of them spent a portion of the day in Dublin drinking alcohol. Uh, And the three of them then were unfit to drive the prison van back to Port Leash. It's like something out of Kilna Scully, except it's real world. As a result, the fourth prison officer, who was the senior officer, had to drive the vehicle back to Port Leash. But on on the way back to Port Leash, they wanted to go to the toilet. Um, And of course, that's not protocol. That's not allowed. So apparently it's alleged that one of them said, if you don't stop and let us go to the toilet, I'm going to pee in the van. So they stopped off at Junction 14, South of Kildare, that's the big service station, and they went to the toilet in there. But while they were in there then, they decided to have some fast food while in there as well and arrived back at Port Leash then, displaying signs of alcohol intake as they were re-entering the prison. They got reported and apparently are in a lot of trouble. That's just a few paragraphs from a lengthier story that makes the examiner today. And if you wanted to know, I mean, there were people went to the funeral in Galway and of course there was the feud between clans, they call it. I'm not quite sure what clans means. Is that families or what? But they dropped the coffin actually in the middle of this fight, this feud. They had knives, they had slash hooks, they had a cross, they used bar stools and even a chainsaw was brandished during this funeral horror. That's the true extent of the carnage. And there's a hero pilot, apparently engine failure was failure was the cause of that plane coming down. But if it had landed in the water, um, just at Carnsaw Point, nobody would have survived it. It was yesterday afternoon at five o'clock and the pilot, believed to be French, has been hailed a hero because he and three others on board miraculously survived the light aircraft crash on a beach following engine failure. Papers also this morning talk of um, gigs uh, and the issues regarding Croke Park roll on, actually. Michal Martin, he's really busy the last couple of days, rowing in and all sorts of things. He's saying that it's a good thing that uh, all Garth Brooks fans should be able to go and see their star after 18 months of lockdown. But the residents around Croke Park make the sun and they're saying when there's a concert in Croke Park, it's like living next to a nightclub with 80,000 people in the nightclub. And, the you know, they're raging over all of the proposed Garth Brooks gigs and the Ed Sheeran gigs and everything else that would come because they'd be looking at least six nights of 80,000 people 
and living next door to a nightclub and they're not too happy with it. Um, and Linda Evangelista makes many of the papers. I don't have much time right now, but apparently she went for some kind of fat freezing procedure uh, that actually had the opposite effect on her body. Rather than losing weight, not that I think that she had to lose it in any way, shape or form, but you can apparently you can isolate particular parts of your body around the stomach and under your chin to freeze the fat cells. It had the opposite effect to Linda Evangelista and she put on huge amounts of weight and she has turned into a recluse and now she is suing and she's now gone public to share her secret and photographs and those photographs, they're they're contrasting photographs, how she looked before and how she looked after the fat freezing and they make all of the red tops today and probably online. What we all love more than anything in the world is to have one or two rituals in our life. Don't you love these surveys? And apparently a cup of tea at the same time each day is the top ritual for keeping you centered, focused and calm. So if you have a particular time of the day when you just like to sit down, have a cup of tea, you might have a bicky with it couple of chocks, whatever you have on yourself. But the cuppa at the same time of the day is the thing that people look forward to most. And one thing you can all look forward to is one charger for all phones. I think Apple will be wrecking their heads over this because Apple have the, you know, the most annoying chargers, don't they? They seem to charge them, change them for every damn phone. And they're those little fiddly Dan ones. At least the Androids charge loads of different things. But there will come a point very soon under EU law that all mobile phones will charge from the same charger cable and input. Bring it on. The Neil Prenderville Show. Lines open at one 104 106 What have we got for you today? A free food Friday. You need to text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. One winner today will scoop six large pizzas, garlic bread, potatoes, drinks, dips, desserts, the lot. Should feed about 15 of you lads. So text who you are and where you're working. Text 0868104106. Courtesy of ourselves an Oak Fire Pizza. Tell you more about that throughout the course of the morning and we'll do the show in about 20 minutes time also today we have I'm a huge huge fan always have been of Declan Sinnott and Declan Sinnott's in studio this morning with the great Victoria Keating to play us out couple of songs they got a new single out which is a, a reimagining or their version of the great Joe Jackson song Is She Really Going Out With Him I'll tell you more about it and play it later and also tell you more about the super video they've put together to back it up so Declan uh, to play us out this morning with Victoria uh, and also one or two other surprise songs for you um, but of course yesterday the news was broken yesterday morning and thank you to everybody who contacted I will read out some more texts and emails on the late great uh, Billa throughout the course of the morning but I did run out of time yesterday before I got a chance to have a quick chat with Finbar O'Shea the one and only Finbar from the Flying Enterprise who was a great pal of Billa's and indeed Billa was a regular guest um, and uh, patron and customer inside in the, the Flying Enterprise didn't want to pass the uh, uh, passing of, of Billa without having a quick chat with Finbar. He joins me by phone. Finbar, good morning. Good morning to you, Neil. Uh, very sad news. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, we all have to go at some stage, but it's still a very, very sad time. He was only in with you recently, wasn't he, Finbar? Well, uh, uh, he was in with me twice in the last uh, couple of weeks. And uh, when he come in, the first thing he'd say to me, uh, how is business? <laughs> are you are you okay? <laughs> and when he'd, when he'd be leaving me, he kept you by the arm, he said. 
Ah, uh, you're very upset. I can understand why. The loss of a pal. I know. Yeah. He was always looking out. He was always looking out for everybody else. Well, I tell you, Neil, I used to um, visit him every Christmas. And uh, yesterday I went to, to visit Neil, and it was very different. Yeah. Neil sat in his seat, yeah. and I sat in uh, my own seat, and we cried, and we laughed, and we spoke about the past. We will certainly miss him. Yeah, I know, I know. Actually, there's a there's a very strong connection between you and Billa, of course, because for years Billa used to do all of your radio ads. Do you remember? Only a stone's throw from the cathedral. He used to absolutely enjoy that one so much because when he'd go on holidays, <laughs> if, he was, if he was going into a plane or up the steps of the plane or in the airport or in a restaurant abroad, the first thing he'd hear would be, Billy, she don't need a stone throw from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it means that radio advertising works, Finbar, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, can I say something to you? That was an amazing ad. That yeah. totally changed our yeah. business so much. But he put he put huge effort into it, you know? It was the bill of stamp on it. Would he have a pint of Bamish when he'd go in there? Or would he have a bit no. of food or what, no? No, uh, uh, yes, yes, he would have food. He wasn't, he wasn't a man to, to really drink. Um, we, we used to go to functions quite a lot, and maybe he, he, he might have a pint, but that, that would be it. He'd have to watch it anyway, because he spent his life selling it, didn't he, and visiting pubs, so you'd have to be careful about that. Oh, he, he, he was, he was, uh, he was just speaking off that about beamishes and, and being. I think he was Sam Beamish I'm not quite sure of his first name now yeah. but uh, well, he had huge 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 time for the for, for Beamish's but when he'd, when he'd come in to me and uh, we'd be going through bits and pieces and he had the habit of walking up towards uh, the door of, of, of the bar and, be, and before he'd leave he'd have to tell me a joke <laughs> and, and, and when he'd be finished with the joke I'd be laughing inside the door and he'd take off out and he'd leave me laughing inside the middle of the bar. He was just, he was just a very, He'd very, deliver very the punchline, but not wait around for the reaction. The exit is no. important. The exit is as important as the entrance, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And would he, would he, would he have, he'd have time to chat with customers and have the crack and give them the Banu, I suppose, as well. Oh, he was unbelievable to, to go around and talk to people. And he, and, and he was so down to earth and, he was an amazing man to do gigs for charity and everything. Mm. M- money never motivated him. Mm. Mon- money, money was not the thing that uh, that uh, that. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't his god. No, no. We will, we will, we will certainly miss him. Yeah, yeah. Had he slowed down then in recent times, or had you noticed a change or anything? Well, last Christmas, I would have noticed uh, a very slight change. Not, not that much now, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. And, and when he was in, in the last uh, few days, you could see that he was gone down. Yeah. Would, you, would you think that he was going to go in, in the next week or yeah, so? Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. He, he, he went quite quick in the end, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think it was an ease to the poor man to go. Have you have you anything up in the pub uh, to him, like a photograph or a bit of sculpture or anything to commemorate him? Or, 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 or I have I have several photographs of him, and uh, and one one other thing that he did, and uh, I'm just laying my hands on it. He he researched uh, how uh, Sober Lane got its name. Did he? 
All right. Okay. Yes. As in, and, as and in something used, to do with Father Matthew, I think, was it? Well, he said that they, they used to, uh, to queue along Sober Lane because Father Matthew's church was on Blackmore Lane. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, in the millennium, they recognised uh, the lane and they, they put up the plaque of, for uh, Blackmore, uh, for Sober Lane. Because that's where the temperance movement started, wasn't it? That's where Father Matthew started to, to preach that's about right. the evils of drink. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's back right. there, and of course, the rest was history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Will, 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 will you go? I, 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 I must also mention one other thing as well. Uh, um, he had great time for Dinjo, and one particular time he told me that uh, they had a show in Kilmare, and they packed the hall, and he had some uh, joke about the army. So when he was leaving, uh, the sergeant met him at the door, and he said. Uh, when you go to Cass now tomorrow, if you if you tell that joke, I'll arrest you. <laughs> so 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 didn't didn't Joe want us them to tell the joke? He said, There is no way I can go home to Nell if I tell that joke. Not the hope. To tell Nell I was inside in jail, not a hope in hell. <laughs> <laughs> he never left in the door. He didn't but he didn't do smart like. He 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 was he was a very clean comedian, wasn't he? Oh excellent. And that was one thing now that he would never do was to uh, say a bad word or say a nasty word. Oh, no, he, he, he was cleaner than clean, as they say. Mm, mm, mm. Um, I suppose, to be honest with you, because of COVID, there would be a massive funeral if there wasn't. But there will be restrictions, won't there, because of the times we're in. Could you imagine the amount of people that would go to the, say, to the funeral home later today if it was open oh, to the public? I, oh, I'd say, I'd say, Neil, even with the restrictions, I think there'd be still quite a big funeral there, you know? I know, yeah. You can't, I suppose. People will line the road or something. Or he's just, he was just extreme. I'd say that, that, would be, that would be a wonderful thing if, say, for instance, there was some kind of lining of the road or people paying tribute between, say, Wilton and the lock, you know? Yes. And I thought the other thing, Neil, that in, in recent days, uh, with the mask and everything, I suppose uh, things are starting to open up a little bit, you know? Quite true, quite true. No doubt you'll be there, though, representing us. No oh, doubt you will. 100%. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll have to, uh, to stay with Nell. We're, we're, we're great memories. Pass on everybody's regards to her and all of the family for us, Finbar. I, I will, of course. And uh, I'm very grateful to you to give me the opportunity to talk about them today because uh, we were just great friends. Great old buddies, absolutely. Yeah. Mind yourself. Take care, Finbar. Cheers, Finbar O'Shea. And, and, and thank you, Neil. Yeah, well, you're welcome. From the Flying Enterprise. Um, lines open at one 106 Joe Seward um, joins me by phone. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Again, just to those that I get an opportunity yesterday because I ran out of time. Uh, Billa and your late mum, your late mum Peg, um, did they do panto together? Yeah, they would have done a lot of pantos together, I would imagine, from the, the 50s on. Just move around a bit, Joe. It's not a great phone line. See if we can clean that up. So, yeah, they would have done a lot of uh, pantos from maybe the 50s onwards. And, uh, you know, they would have been in summer revels together. And, you know, just growing up, uh, Bill would have been a permanent fixture in our house. Yeah. Because invariably, he dropped my mum off, um, you know, afterwards. So I recall, you know, being in the opera house throughout the, the pantomime as a, as a child. And, you know, just, you know, Bill was just a part and parcel of our childhood growing up. And back in the house then, would would they be dissecting that night's performance? Uh, there'd be a chat and a bit of banter and a bit of slagging and... Um, 
Uh, actually, today is the anniversary of my own father, and I recall Billy calling to our house the night my dad died, and remember him, you know, so there was a, a very close relationship yeah. there, and um, yeah. he was always a permanent fixture around the lock as well, um, and of course, everybody knew Billy then through his uh, time in Beamish and Crawford, he was a, a great man back then, I suppose. Was, he, was, he, was, into, was he into sports, like the hurling or the football? I heard he was a Bars supporter, was he? He was, but he had he, he would have had a connection, I think, himself with Lock Rovers and then latterly the Bars. And his son, of course, uh, uh, Billy Junior was uh, uh, would have played hurling with the Bars senior team, so there would have been a great link there. So he he was a a big uh, GA supporter. Yeah, very sad, isn't it? Very sad. Yeah, very sad. I say he's kind of a an icon of Cork, and I, I think my mum and him were actually in the Opera House when it went on fire. In 1955 as well, so which was to have been his first panto, I believe. Yeah, um, somebody actually sent me um, a poster for that panto recently, and uh, it was the panto that never took place. So that's a bit of a collector's item. I must yeah, well, that he up. made up for it, didn't he? Over the years following that, though, for decades and decades. Yeah, yeah. and 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 many that came after him, of course, uh, used him as their role model, didn't they? A lot of people. You know, there was him yeah, and Paddy Comerford. Really. Yeah, absolutely unique. Absolutely. And and is, has your mum passed away or is she still with us? Yeah, my mum has passed away in the interim. So, as I say, he was um, definitely um, very much an integral part of my childhood memories. Um, the Opera House and Villa, and Villa driving my mother home after, after the gigs and... I can remember being maybe a backstage. There was a backstage bar there. They'd be we'd be having our bottles of Tenora as children, and <laughs> Billa and my mum and all the, the the cast. So they were kind of good childhood memories. You'd have seen numerous pantos then, I'd say, would you? More and more. Yeah, uh, for for one that always stands out is Jack and the Beanstalk. For some reason, I think we we would have gone in with my mum and maybe been backstage for maybe a week or so during the the run of the pantomime. Yeah, there were there was three or four that were hugely popular panto wise. Jack and the Beanstalk would have been one, wouldn't it? Cinderella would have been another. Little Red Riding Hood. You couldn't go wrong with them. Uh, I mean, I know there were others, but would they be the three big ones? Wouldn't they? Yeah, they would have defined. They were the kind of ones that really stood out back then. But the the pantomime was such a big thing back then as well. There's so many counter attractions now around Christmas with. Um, you know, Christmas and ice and all these other. Yeah, things. and still they still sell out big time though. I'm just so it's it's so good that we have two on Lisa and they still sell well. But Cinderella, you'd never go wrong because you'd have had Billa and Paddy as the ugly sisters, and they were perfect for it. You know, if you just did Cinderella every year, you wouldn't have gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, two lock men as well. Uh, Paddy Comerford was also from around the lock, and um, uh, my mum was from the lock as well. So there was a strong. Lock influence in, in the pantomime. I think my mother usually played the uh, fairy godmother back then. Did, and did you know that that Billa actually married Cinderella? Yeah, I um, never knew that. His wife was a dancer. It's a lovely um, love story, isn't it? It's incredible, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah beautiful. Um, right. James Stack, I think, was the producer when my mom and Billa would have kind of started out. He was the iconic producer back in the sixties and early seventies, I think. So I would have grown up listening to all these famous names. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Part of many people's childhood. Look after yourself, Joe. I'm going to do some texts and emails, but thank you. Appreciate it. Sorry I didn't get to yesterday. The great Joe Seward. Meanwhile, great show. Sorry about Billa's passing. The clip of Billa on The Late Late Show was actually featured only this week during a TG Cahar show. 
where they were reminiscing on the 80s. Well, I'm glad that it's still being played and still being used. Rest in peace, Billa. The loss of a living legend, says Andrew. This is nice. I remember back in the 90s when we were in a youth club competition at the Opera House, we asked Billa if he could help us out. The next night, Billa arrived with a sketch. Myself and my friend Aidan performed that comedy sketch and, of course, it won the youth club competition. Believe me, Neil, it wasn't the acting that won that night. It was Billa's sketch. Just pure class. Wrote it for us. We've lost another great one. Um, another one here. I'm so sad to hear Bill is passing. I attended secondary school with his son, an ultimate gent and a sad loss, says Anthony. Uh, sad to hear about Bill. We should put up a statue in his honour. He was one in a million. He gave us so many laughs. May he rest in peace, says Marie in Clon. I think there is one or two statues around. I think there's, there definitely is at least a bust, if not a statue of Bill in a Cork pub somewhere I was reading somewhere last night uh, but I think you're right a, bit of, a statue wouldn't be a bad idea in fact a statue to Bowden himself and Paddy Comerford somewhere in the city would be a great idea uh, those late late show clips were pure class yesterday and amazing talent the amount of Cork talent on that late late show was incredible the late Dave McInerney gave a master class that night as did Billa Neil Tobin Joe Lynch uh, Dave Mack Chan Maya Chris Sheehan and Paddy Comerford Villa also has great monologues on the old Cork Opera House. A real tearjerker, says Donal and Bandon. Yeah, I, I just love watching that old show. Sad to hear the passing of Villa. Um, he was a legend. My friends and I, as young teenage girls, looked forward to the Swans, Summer Revels, and the Panto with Billy with Billa every year. And just two quick ones. Sad to hear the passing of Villa. Um, my friends and I. Oh, sorry, that came in twice. My apologies. So, and there's a, some lovely emails as well of people who reminisce and remember Billa and have lovely stories to tell, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. Text 0868104106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Also, just before midday today, I have a couple of tickets to give away, maybe two sets of tickets to give away for the Cork Arts Theatre production of the one and only Catty Barry, Queen of the Cold K. And that's on there now. It started midweek and it will run up to and including the second day of October, which is uh, Saturday week. So if you'd like to go along to that, stay listening. We'll give away some double passes just before midday for the Cat Club production of Catty Barry. Uh, yesterday morning as well, we were talking about uh, taxis and the amount of taxis that refused to take card. And I was wondering as to why that might be. Big response to it was following my conversation with Natalie. In fact, she came back to say, thank you for highlighting this. I see you got a massive response to it. One of the questions she was being asked was, um, you know, why not, why not get in and go to an ATM? Uh, she said, if I had been offered to stop at an ATM in Ballancolig, I would have accepted it. And I'd have felt much safer knowing the taxi was there with me. But I wasn't even offered that. All four taxis just said, cash only tonight. Don't get in. Uh, why didn't she get the bus, somebody else says. The bus service is fantastic to Ballancolic and they're 24-7. Really? That's amazing. 24-7. All the young people get the bus and it stops just outside Reardon's on Washington Street, says Marie from Clon. I don't know why she didn't. I guess she wasn't anticipating being turned away from taxis. It's not just about taxi drivers not taking card. Some pubs and restaurants take cash only too, says John. And one more for now. This is constantly happening with taxis not accepting credit cards. It's a disgrace. I ended up walking home one night as all the taxis I flagged down would only accept cash. And I didn't have any cards on me, just my phone, which had an electronic card on it. And the drivers were Irish and from overseas. It is, is it a case that drivers are on the pup payment and if they go over a certain threshold, they'd be cut off the support? Well, some are suggesting that's it. Other taxi drivers are saying that you'll only find cards in some taxis 
Um, and those ones that are operator base operated, you know, the bigger ones are the ones with the credit card machines. But the smaller, you know, ones that are not affiliated with the base don't have them. That's what my understanding of it is. But yesterday, we had a big response to it. And one of the conversations that we had was on behalf of uh, the Taxi Federation here in Cork. Uh, and William was on and he had liaised with, uh, with Bobby Lynch yesterday morning. But Bobby was listening and just wanted to come on himself this morning, maybe to help clarify or clear it up quickly. Anyway, Bobby, good morning. Good morning, Niamh. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Um, is there much you wanted to add to what we discussed yesterday? Um, um, somebody said that it's just a case that not all taxis have card reading machines. No, they have not, and, and like you're breaking no law by not having one. No, like um, this was brought up numerous of times with the NTA trying to ram uh, credit card readers down taxi drivers' throats. No, we were fully against what they were doing because uh, the charges would be put onto the onto the driver, and um, we wanted to get our own. And it would save a lot of trouble if every taxi driver had one. But, then, like, I find it very hard to believe that this lady went up to four taxis and every taxi driver out there will tell her that we don't say cash only. No, there's a lot of taxi drivers out there. When they're asked about cab, the first question over their mouth is, where are you going? No, if you're only going up the road, they tell her, oh, I haven't got one. If you're traveling, I have one. No. Ta- you mean taxi drivers? Are you saying the taxi drivers say that? They do, and it's causing trouble on the ranks with taxi drivers. And yesterday, they're obliged to take the fare, no matter how far the distance is. No, that's law. That's law. Yeah. But you don't have to have a car reader in your car. No, this lady said that she saw the four taxis that refused. She could see the car readers. The car readers, you can't see them because they're the size of a pack of uh, cigarettes. <laughs> no, I mean, and a lot of fellas are puzzled. Why should four taxi drivers in a row say sorry, cash tonight? They don't say that. A lot of fellas will, will offer to stop at, at a cash machine. No, on the way to she said, college, she said they didn't, Bobby. She just said they that, don't. They, they, they don't. But she said, in her experience, the four of them didn't. They just said cash only tonight. They don't say that. Taxi drivers do not say that. There was a new one in us yesterday. They wouldn't let her in. That's what they said. They said, don't get in. Well, well, see, when she came to the car, why didn't she just sit in? Uh, because not, because not everybody would do that. Like, they, you know, not everybody would be as forthright to say, well, I'm getting in, take me home, because they'd expect a row, and they don't want a row, so they move on to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. No, 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 no. People will sit into a taxi and say, Baron colleague or Mayfield or Blackrock, and when you get down there, they say, oh, I want to pay by car. A lot of people do that. No, the driver mightn't have the facilities, but you should take them to the nearest ATM then. But they, but they didn't. They didn't even offer an ATM. They didn't even say, listen, well, I don't take cards, I, but I'll take I, you to an ATM. No, what I, what I would say there to, to people like that, right? If, if four taxes, no, no, I find this very hard. No, they can be four boats. So what, you, what you're no. saying to me is you don't believe that she's telling the truth? It sounds, it sounds like that to me and to the rest of the lads that rang me up. There was fellas rang me up fuming over this because we had a lot of companies and we had a lot of pensioners that walked through this pandemic. You must remember, pensioners didn't get one penny extra. No, we, we, we don't want money. 
We just want recognition for what the work that the lads did throughout this pandemic. They know frontline workers. And they were saying we're all in it together. No, taxi drivers weren't included in that. No, I don't hear any mention of, of taxi drivers getting uh, a cash bonus or anything like that that Michal is suggesting. We, we, we don't want to because the lads that walked on did it for the people. You must remember that we, we draw people to test centres sitting in our cars. We collected prescriptions for people. We, we did everything. And then you have the lights of Freno coming on here when every place was shut down saying they were never so busy. How could they be never so busy when every nightclub and every pub and restaurant in the country was closed? There are people who are out there giving out false information. Who's giving out false information? Yeah, they, they were saying they were, they, that they're never so busy. Who? Freeno was well, advertising that. Oh, free now, the taxi service? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they're very, very dangerous. But they, so, I, I, no, but they might have been very, very busy because they were doing courier work, remember? They were also doing an awful lot of courier work. Neil, they weren't doing courier work. They weren't doing that. They tell you they were. No, they, were they, sent me fo- they sent me photographs of the back seats of their taxis and the boots of their taxis. They were fellas doing it themselves. They weren't doing it through Fino. You could go to the post office and get a contract to do it yourself. What's the problem with, with Fino? No, Fino were advertising that they bring frontline workers to work for half the price. No, that sounds very good, don't it? Yeah. No, Fino wasn't giving half the price. It's the drivers of the taxis were doing it. For half price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't free, no. It was soft and uh, advertising for them. But the drivers in the companies that... So why wouldn't why wouldn't taxi drivers want a pandemic bonus if they were frontline? I mean... If what, they're going to get it, did you run our classes frontline workers? Yeah, but... We I mean, but your essential workers. Well, th- yeah, but he wants to roll it out, say, say, for instance, to retail workers who worked in supermarkets, for instance, and behind the till and, and kept the, shel- the shelves stocked. Why wouldn't he also include, uh, say, taxi drivers... Uh, bus bus drivers probably will be because they'd be public sector, wouldn't they? So a bus driver bus would drivers, get it. The bus drivers did, did a great job as well, and the Jesus Christ did it. Everyone in the transport did, did, did a great job, did the best they could. Like you, you like like if a ta- if taxi drivers brought people to test centres, which they did, because I told the stories on air over the past year and a half. Why wouldn't they be getting uh, um, a bonus? Well, did see, we, we, we're not, we, if we get a bonus, well and good. But we're not looking for a bonus. You mentioned the word taxi at the moment, no. The word taxi is, 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 is a filthy word, the Wh- people know. Why? Because the way, the, well, the way we're being treated. No, it's we're, not. We're, no, we're no. There's no taxi driver fiddling because there's no money out there. But William, but William alluded to it yesterday. He said that William they have... William must the, have been down the pub. No, he, he said... I'm shocked at what William said. He said, that, he said that there is a limit as to what taxi drivers can earn because they're on pub and that that could be a reason why at, at a certain stage of an evening they'll only take cash. Some of them, not, not all of them. Like This is not... Yeah. Casting as yeah, persons. Yeah, can understand that. But four in a, four in a row, like, we don't say cash only. We do not say that. We do, all they say is, I don't take credit card. Okay. And a, okay. Lot of fellas, a lot of fellas will tell you, I stop at a cash machine. We have no problem stopping at a cash machine. Okay, okay. No I, problem. I, but need, the, thing, the thing is that we had pensioners. Those cars all gone off the road and never again come back. Pensioner drivers. Pensioner, uh, for the word of pension, 
got nothing, got no pup, no nothing. He had to survive, live in his pension and keep trying to keep his cow on the road. Yeah, yeah. And prepared there's a lot of them gone. There's a lot of fellas that got the pup and they wanted enough money to cover their bills. They are gone as well. I'll clarify with Natalie in a few minutes' time as to the wording that we use. But listen, thanks for your contribution. You're 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 saying that it didn't happen and it couldn't happen, and I I'll put that point. I, I find it very hard to believe that right. it did happen. Okay. We find it very hard to believe because okay. taxi drivers at the moment, a lot of them are only accepting care payment. They won't touch cash. Well, I mean, there's a lot of fellas come on to me, Bobby, where do, where do I get a car reader? Mm. No, I actually have two of them in my car. Mm. No, I motor walk, but I actually have have two of them. How is, just, just before I let you go, how is your recovery after the amputation going? How are you feeling? You improving? Uh, well, look, you can hear me. I don't know, like, uh, I, I'm getting back to normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. You sound <laughs> strong. It's good, it's good. And, uh, like, uh, I'm going to the gym there now, uh, uh, that you, that you got me there down in Silver Springs. Uh, Fantastic. And it's the world good to me. Like. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, you sound yeah. you sound in good form anyway. You sound positive. Well, I, I, I'm good. Like, I, I just have fellas in there. I mean, oh, yesterday, for yesterday. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, listen, it's good, to, it's good to be popular. It's good to have people on the end of the phone to you, if nothing else. Well, right. you went a good strong pair of ears with some of them there. Right. Well, we love we love those kind of taxi drivers too because they're always the ones that you can go yeah, to. Yeah, all, all, all the taxi drivers want is like there's a lot of great right. taxi drivers out there. Believe me, lot of, and a lot of good companies out there. And we like once one fella does something, we're, we're all tired of it. And all we wanted like the, the government we've a minister for transport that don't like uh, public transport or don't like vehicles they want them all off the road let me uh, get some clarification on it Bobby have a good weekend look after yourself cheers yeah, and thanks Take thanks, care. Thanks Take care. Okay, and also thanks. thank you to District who actually gave Bobby uh, gym membership to help with his rehab and his recuperation just ahead of the break just very quickly Natalie Hi, Neil. It's a very big response to this, as you probably gathered from, from yesterday morning. Um, just on the point that Bobby's making there, he, he says he finds it very difficult to believe that you would have approached four in a row like that. Could you just remind us again what happened? Look, at the end of the day, what happened was there was five taxis that I approached. The fifth one stopped me home. The first four wouldn't accept me because I didn't have cash. I only had card. Um, at the time, I didn't think about asking them, look, I don't have the cash, so would you mind taking me to an ATM? That wasn't on my agenda. I yeah. just wanted to get home. They weren't accepting me. So, look, I have enough to be doing in my day, to be honest, to be ringing up radio stations and telling them stories. I thought if I'd done that by going forward, it would help people and that they could get the car registration or the company number. And going forward, this could stop. So, look, I have two kids. I work a job. I don't be ringing radio stations to make this kind of stuff up at all. No. I just thought I'd be helping people in the future. Yeah, and we learned a lot of things yesterday morning, amongst them that they're not obliged to carry electronic card readers in them. Did, yeah. did, did, but but the wording that was used to you, just to clarify, was when you opened the door, they said uh, cash oh, only. He wouldn't let me into the car, yeah. He said, look, this is cash only. Don't get into the car unless you have your cash. So, I mean, I wasn't going to stop there and have an argument with the rain coming down top of me. I just wanted to get home. And the next and fella said the same, and the next fella said the same, and the next fella Four said the same. cards said the same thing. Nobody offered no. to take you to an ATM and nobody asked, nobody where are you going? Said, Nobody said, Natalie, or they didn't say, where's your destination? So they could at least find out what kind of affair it was. And nobody said, look, you have no cash. Do you want to jump in and I'll drop you at an ATM? 
that would have been brilliant because I knew the taxi would have been behind me. Okay. I would have been safe getting out to the ATM. So no. So that, that was never offered me. by anyone. And just finally, At did you, because I think, I don't know, I, I think you mentioned that you could see the card readers. People were clarifying for asking. They were there. Sure. They were there. They were in the middle. Were they, they're in, there's a console in the middle there or wherever they You're not confusing that with the cash receipt printer, no? No. The cards were there because I had the card in my hand and I said, would you accept the card? They were not taking the card off me. You saw the card readers? I'm 100%. Okay. I saw the card readers thank and you. I had my card in my hand ready to go and they said, you're not paying with your card. Thank you, thank you. That clarifies everything I need to know. Appreciate you taking the call again. I'll let you get back to uh, to your life and to things that so uh, matter <laughs> and that includes your and new I, little I baby. I am grateful that there's a big response because look... As it stands, it was happening, it is happening, so now there's people talking about it and something might happen. You got it. Thanks a lot. Take care, Natalie. Thanks Cheers. So Take care. Bye. All the best. Bye-bye. For God's sake, I'm a 35-year-old mum of three, and when I go out with my friends in Cork, I put my cab money in a pocket at the back of my bag for later. Nothing wrong with paying cash. People have become so reliant on cards, it's absolutely ridiculous. It can be the same in some coffee shops in Cork. You're expected to pay with a card. I like to tip friendly staff and I always pay cash if I can. The world is gone card mad. Well, if the world has gone card mad, then you should be able to pay with a card everywhere. Somebody is saying, actually, interestingly, that um, South Dock doesn't take cards, cash only, um, which is kind of weird as well. Uh, could you ask also why taxis keep parking outside Centre on the Grand Parade, blocking buses trying to get into the stop? There are new signs stating it's a taxi rank from midnight to 5 a.m. Taxis can never win, and all, and all they're trying to do is get people home safely. It's not just all taxi drivers who make cash. The hairdressers and the beauticians are all at the same lark. It's a broad brush. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. All right. Anyone going into town, put 20 quid into a separate part of your wallet or purse, and that's for your taxi. Before you leave the house, make sure your taxi money is there, no matter what else happens of a night. Another one. A few years ago, I arrived in Cork on the Airbus at 2 a.m. and tried to get a taxi from Patrick's Key to St. Luke's. All of the drivers refused because the fare was too short. Finally, there was an off-duty driver talking to a security man from a club nearby and he saw what had happened and he offered to take me. So he got a good tip for his troubles. I know it's a short fare, but I got to get home too. Yeah, and the, you know, apparently the law is that they, a taxi must take you regardless of the distance. I know that doesn't always happen and that's not anything exclusive here. That can happen to you in the UK and America and even New York City. Uh, taxis do not have a card to accept card payments regardless of having the machine. Every credit card company has different charges. It's the driver has to pay the charges, not the customer. Some drivers will not accept cards unless the fare is worth covering that cost. Um, I use Satellite. I downloaded the app, put in my card details, and you prepay on the app. Uh, ask one of your taxi drivers what happens if, say, for instance, I was going to Mahan and I, had to, and I stopped at the petrol station in Mahan and the ATM was broken. Does that mean we then have to go to the, an ATM machine in Douglas? Probably. It is like this. If a girl needs to get home, they should not refuse her. Money can be paid the next day. I was spiked in Cork years ago before mobiles. I managed to get to a phone box and a taxi person brought me home to Balancholic. They are the unsung heroes out there, says Eilish. And if you were spiked, you were in no condition to pay or anything. I think that's why you're saying you, could, you probably paid it the next day. I worked in bars for almost 18 years. And nearly everyone takes out cash at the start of the night so they know how much they're spending. Um, wouldn't common sense tell you if you're that worried about going to an ATM in the middle of the night? You take an extra 20 with you, stick it in your bra for the taxi. Just one or two more here. 
That happened to my husband a few weeks ago, got into a taxi in Douglas, wanting to go to Mount Oval. The driver wanted cash only, no reason given. We said we only had a card. He said cash. He drove us to an ATM to get the cash. We went to the Ulster Bank in Douglas. Uh, Morning, Neil. The sooner people realise taxis and taxi drivers are constantly complaining... Uh, they are overcharged and they overcharge people on a Saturday night. I'd rather walk these days than get a taxi. Uh, not quite sure what you mean by sooner people realize the taxi drivers are all constantly complaining. And um, this is going on for years. Taxis are not accepting fares because the run is too short and they wouldn't make enough money. Uh, nobody questions other companies like mobile phone providers. Some only accept cards and I refuse to use cards. This is against the law, you know, and somebody asking the question, how in the name of God did Bertie O'Hearn get paid for all of those years when he had no bank account, no credit cards and only operated with cash? Sorry, I won't get to all of them. Um, The whole story is fabricated, creating a story to coincide with this new stalking bill, uh, scaremongering at its finest. Um, This is not fabricated. This is a real story. Would you believe me when I tell you that? Uh, regarding taxis that only want cash, even though they have a card reader, I think it's because if you use the card, then they only get the exact fare. But if they insist on cash, the chances are people will round up the fares and tip better. So thank you for all those. If I get an opportunity, I'll come back to some more of them uh, between now and midday. Back after 10. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Imro Music Station of the Year. You're on Cork's Red FM. Yeah, I'll get back to your calls in a couple of seconds. It's a free food Friday again today. This week, courtesy of ourselves, an oak fire pizza. That's real wood fire pizza now open in Clonakilty, Bandon. Princess Street, Gill Abbey Street and Douglas Village. And you can order direct at oakfirepizza.ie. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. Uh, and uh, one winner today, six large pizzas with lovely sides, which will be garlic bread, potatoes, drinks, dips, desserts. It'll feed 15 or more of you. So it's big feeding in this one. So text who you are and where you are. 0868 Morning to everybody listening at Common Sports Warehouse in Little Island. Also, Kira's working all year and last year as well from home and would love some pizza. Daly's Industrial Supply, North Point Business Park are working hard and listening. Good morning to you, to everybody at Unpost in Cove, to Liam, Damien and all of the gang. Morning to you all and also to Timmy, to Glenline Fitted Furniture in Ballyville. Fleming's Pharmacy in Douglas, McCarthy's Butchers in Gronabraher, Bishopstown, and Sarsfield Road are listening. District Hair and Beauty and Leisure Centre. Morning to Neave and all of the gang. To Valerie in Upper Kent Road, uh, working uh, hard from home. They'd have a big pizza party. The Mariam Pharmacy in Friars Walk, Balafihan, uh, because they're simply the best and work really hard. And Cork Flower Studios in Douglas Street and Bar One Racing on Evergreen Road in Turner's Cross. So we'll do some more shout-outs in around about uh, 20, 30 minutes' time. So text 0868104106. Now, I'm going to mix it up as best I can between now and midday, but this has certainly touched a nerve. In more ways than one, it's the cash versus credit card or debit card debate as well as everything else. Dennis, good morning. Hi, how's it going? Okay, so let's be very careful here now and just stick to the absolute facts because these kind of stories get people saying that it's not true. So tell me exactly what happened. Yeah, I think that's a bit unfair on the lady there. The man didn't know her circumstances. My own circumstances were height of the pandemic, out to meet friends for a little while, tried to get home, I'm living in Mount Oval. Were you going for a jar with your mates, was it, or what? 
yeah, there was a glass of wine. We we kind of got food and went to a house. One or two of my friends live in town. And I was coming away. It wouldn't have been overly late either. It would have, well, could have been nearly midnight. But I went to the taxis outside Reardon's. There was three at the time that would have been close to my friend's home. First individual, I asked, did you take a card? I was told no. So I was right. So I went to the next one. Same. Started panicking because I don't carry cash very often. Everything is kind of tap on the phone. Third guy told me the same thing. And I remember vividly because the same night it was damp and it started raining. And I had to walk down to the Grand Parade and the first guy I went to told me the same thing. So the car behind them, I just jumped in and I ended up going through the change jar at home. I got cash, I told him when I got out of the house. I'd have to go in and get money. And he was okay with that? So well, technically... It was in his car and we were on the started link, so I kind of didn't give him too much of an option, you know? So technically five in a row... Technically five in a row wanted cash. Well, no. Yeah, well, they didn't specify cash... But they just said they don't take card. I mean, what are their forms of, uh, are they taking butter vouchers or IOUs? <laughs> but realistically, I mean, like, uh, what are their, what are their payment options are there, you know? You don't recall, you don't recall if they were affiliated to a base or a company or anything, no? There would have been one or two of them free now, all right, definitely, because I would normally use free now, but I find at times the app is quite poor of late. But I, I've had some poor experience. no. Before I go any further, I'm not slating cab drivers. I have friends and family who are cab drivers. I have friends over the years that I would ring, you know, let them know I'm on a night out. And, like, some cab drivers are very obliging, very decent. But just to back up the lady there, for some guy to come on and say, not knowing her circumstances and not being there in the night, and to call her an out-and-out liar. No, I was, that word wasn't used, but he, he did find it difficult to believe well, that that could... you did ask him, did he think she was telling the truth, or did he think she wasn't telling the truth? And he all but said in so many words that he didn't believe her. He didn't believe so, that I could happen. Saying, yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah, you can read into it or whatever you, way you want. Yeah, yeah, look... But, but apparently, w- two points here. One, taxi drivers don't have to take cards. And secondly, the independent-owned taxis that have their own private licence, uh, they're the ones that don't have the cards, whereas the companies do. Would you, would you accept well, that? Yeah, I, don't, I, I wouldn't know anything about the circumstances there. It's just, I oh, kind of had my own headset that... Again, I didn't have change on me. I don't carry cash very often. But at the same time, in the height of a pandemic, I would have thought contract as payment for, I suppose, safety more than anything else would have been highly advantageous purely because of what was going on. But so you, most cabs yeah. I get into in recent times do tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this it happened to you. This, this happened. And look, I, I got into a taxi at the side of Easton's one day trying to come to Black Rock where my family are from. And your man told me he doesn't work the south side. <laughs> Why? You know what I mean? I don't know. I Is it he doesn't know his way around the south side? Or did you not no, ask no, him? No, 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 no. He specifically said, I do not work the south side. I thought they were obliged to take you wherever you want to go. I, I don't know. Well, I assumed it's in their benefit to do so. I mean, what's he going to do if he doesn't? He was sitting there, you know. Was it the car faced the wrong way, maybe, or something? I don't know. No, 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 no. He was parked at the side of Easton's on that small street facing the front door of Marks and Sparks. You could have pulled out into the far lane and went down Merchant's Quay and head down to Blackrock Road. So you toodled off to the next one then instead, is it? I did, yeah. As a matter of fact, there was a guy just outside a shoe there by what used to be Black Toy, and he cut across the lane. Did you tell him that your man wouldn't do so outside? I did, yeah, sure. Naturally, the first thing you do is you're slightly aggravated is you have the discussion with the nearest person, like, so... <laughs> what did he say? He kind of laughed. He said, some fellas don't want to make money at all or <laughs> something along those lines. I won't quote him now because I can't remember, but <laughs> okay. he was quite obliging. I just thought, oh, I think it was silly. Do you know what I mean? For someone to come on air, 
and and assume under the circumstances that some girl is falsifying information or mistaken or something I just said I clarify that in her defence thanks for that cheers Dennis have a good weekend take care of yourself text 0868104106 Neil when you talk about people feeling unsafe you refer to women all of the time I've heard enough this week of the one-sided agenda that women are victims men also suffer but are less likely to report it Happy to read that out. And Tony says, I also think it's important we highlight men who feel unsafe at times. There are also victims of sexual harassment and domestic violence too. Men. The difference is men are less likely to report such matters. Kind regards as always. And on the frontline staff bonus issue, uh, they want to give the public sector extra holidays or bonus cash for doing their jobs during COVID. It shouldn't be allowed. They did the job. They got paid for it. What about the checkout staff that are to work during COVID? Should we get extra holidays also? We were in contact with hundreds of people daily. Are we not frontline staff? Well, you may not technically be frontline staff, but Michal Martin is now including those working in supermarkets and in checkouts as those who will get a bonus. Um, for working through uh, COVID. Mind you, I do see a lot of text coming in on this, which is really talking about the divisiveness that's been created in our society. And I will come back to all of that, I promise you. Text 0868104106 if you have an opinion on bonuses for people who did uh, work through um, COVID. Sometimes it would be time off. Uh, in other cases, it would actually be a cash bonus or both. Back after the break on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. But just ahead, actually, okay, just ahead of that, Jer. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? You're a taxi driver. Who wants to know why everyone is knocking taxi drivers. That isn't the case. It, it's just people wondering why there is a, a, a cash only policy with some taxis. Well, Neil, just like this. How many taxi drivers have got stung by? credit cards being stolen, bank cards being stolen, and then when they drop the passenger off, or take me to the ATM, the ATM is not working, this and that. There's an awful lot of taxi drivers have been stung, but that's beside the point. No, it's not beside the point, because I want to hear the stories you have to tell me. Like, is, is it that they don't want to go to an ATM machine because the ATM is broken, or possibly broken, you're saying? Sometimes, I... I had trips there and I went to people, took them to the machine. Uh, I haven't got it. Uh, will you take me home and I'll get the money? Oh, would you say machine, ATM machine? Oh, it's not in my account. Or they tell you that it's broken? Oh, yeah. Or if the car is out being scammed and you're going around and then there's an argument and they say, one second, I go in into the house and they don't go into the house. Then you call the girls and then the taxi driver has done his earnings for that time. They've done a runner, you're saying? Yes, an awful lot of taxi drivers have been caught with it. Yeah. And this, when you call the girls then, the girls will go there, oh, that wasn't my son, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. And then if you go to court, you're, you're out of loss of earnings, you have to take the day off, and then you're waiting months to get your money, and sometimes we don't get our money, and sometimes we just go oh, goodbye, but you're after wasting an hour. Of Has any of that happened to you? Of course, loads of times. And I guarantee there's 90% of the drivers out there that's happened to. So cash is a safer option. But but equally, equally that could happen with cash, you see. You you know, you get, the punter gets to the destination and says, oh, I haven't got enough, I'll just go in and get the cash. And they do a runner. We know that's that's part of the, the job. You take a chance, you take the person that they're... Destination, and you take a chance for them. It's it's unbelievable. Like, but why is the emphasis on the taxi driver? Are the people just too lazy to go to an ATM before they get the taxi? 
they know they're getting a taxi home. So the driver must have everything ready for those people. I know there's been there's been a lot of texts from people saying have your taxi money separate before you go out, you know, and make sure you look after that. Have your 20 or your 25 and make sure you keep it with you, you know. Exactly. I, I would have thought I'm the taxi drivers would have wanted less cash in the taxi because they could get robbed with a lot of cash in the taxi, no? But you must realise we have wives and children to go home and support her or you have to wait till Tuesdays till I get paid. But we all have to well, wait a week or a month to get paid. But, like, we are waiting on our cash. If we have enough cash, there's no problem. I have never had a problem. I will take a person to an ATM, but I've been stung a few times. So there's no truth, then, that some people are suggesting that some of those that won't take cards are on a fiddle, no? Well, Neil, I couldn't tell you that because they've never done it, and I know 90% of the drivers have never done it. But it's, it's just... We take a chance on the person getting into the car. If they have money, if they have this, they have that. It's just part of the job. I've had people in suits that are running around me. I had a husband and wife went in. Oh, very dumb, very respectful part of car. Dropped him. Your man said, I'll be back out in five minutes. Waiting half an hour. No sign of him. Went to the door. No answer. You know, this happens morning, noon and night. The husband and wife went in, is it? And never came out yeah. again? And never came back out. I had to call the girls, and the girls were there for about half an hour did before they, they did come out. And what happened, I'm just nosy, but what happened when they did come out then? Oh, the girls told them that they were going to prosecute them. And uh, oh, I am answered there, well, one minute, one minute there. But I don't know if they were on drugs or if they were drinking, and, you know, that's part of... And then they came up with the, they ca- then they paid you at that stage? I wouldn't accept the payment at that stage. I left my meter running till I got paid. And did you get paid ultimately there? I did get paid. It was a 25 euro fare. And by the time I waited, it was 40 euros. And I told the guard, that's my fare. I didn't move from where I dropped them. And I'm not moving. I probably want them prosecuted if I don't get my fare. Why should I be able to pocket for people's laziness? And they did pay up on the night then? They did, because right. they were going to be prosecuted. Okay. And are you an independent taxi driver or are you part of a group or a company? I, I'm independent, and but I have cash. I have um, credit card facilities. See, so, because independent taxis do have card readers then? An awful lot of us do, Neil, let's be honest. But there's an easy way out of this. Come to the driver and say, look, are you on any other account? Can you take me to the ATM machine? A hundred percent of us will do it. We're not the scum of the earth. Sometimes we do get treated like the scum of the earth. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, that is not my agenda here. This is a a story of a woman who was trying to get home and your man didn't give any options or nothing at all, just four in a row said, cash only, don't get in. No need one minute, no, if you go back on your radio, she never said to them, I have no cash. Can you take me to an ATM? She said she didn't she get, a, never she she didn't get a chance to No, no, to one say. second. No, please. She, she can sit into the car and ask him to take him to the ATM to get cash. She never asked him to do it. She never sat in. She's entitled to sit in, ask him to take him to the ATM, and if he says no, take a photograph, his number, 
go to the carriage office and report them. It's a simple way out. Five or six bad drivers are giving the whole fleet in Cork a bad name again. All right. Um, I don't want it to be that way, but I do want people an opportunity to t- share their story. She was on her own. It was cold. It was wet. Uh, she um, she mightn't have thought of those things. I mean, I did ask her, do you think of taking the phone number or do you think of taking the, the badge number? No. No, none of that. No, Not, you, you don't you always in the moment. You asked her a question. Did she... Did she ask him to take her to the ATM? And she said, no, I know I have better things to be doing than phone. So tell me, me I'll let you go, but just tell me the one reason why a taxi operator with a card machine will only take cash. Give me one valid reason. Because he mightn't be the driver and we're sick and tired of telling him that. We have no one policing us at night time to get the legitimate drivers. What what does it matter? What does it matter who's driving it? Because if you have a receipt and it goes to there and something happens, it's not legitimate because it's not a legitimate driver. And who's the driver? Is it somebody who's driving without a license then? Oh, sure. I, I, don't, I would not have the drivers out there on my man. Yeah, but that, that doesn't mean they're not licensed drivers though, does it? Uh, there's a good few still going on, Neil. Who aren't licensed. And do they know the way around? Oh, of course they do. Or if not, they're sat All right. Okay. All right, Jer- One second before before I go there, please. I'd just like to say, um, there's four or five lads there, and they're taking Bobby everywhere, and I'd just like to commend them for looking after one of our own who's been out with an amputee, you know, and it's great stuff to me. I'd just like to thank the lads for looking after there's Bobby. There's a group of them that are very good to Bobby Lynch, yeah. You're dead right. Yeah, and yeah. If, if you have any pizzas right in there, I'd say they wouldn't say no to I'm sure. I, I'm, sure I might be able to, I'm sure I might be able to rattle up a couple for them. Stay, stay on the line there and we'll see if we can make that happen, all right? Cheers for now, Jar. Take care, take care. Thanks, mate. Um, Keep it local, lads. Keep it Cork. I'm crying here with laughter. Imagine having a pint with Paddy Comerford and Billa. I'd say that would be priceless. Both were surprisingly nervous before they went on stage. And if you throw in the brilliant Tony Hagerty, what a trio. Um, Some beautiful thoughts from people here. Actually, somebody said, P.S. Billa never appeared in a venue with alcohol being served. Um, I I didn't know that. Uh, Sad to hear Billa passing. He often came to my parents, Paddy and Nelly's house, regarding songs in the panto. See, my parents in those early days were in the orchestra. They played piano and violin in the opera house. He recorded my song, Cork's Own Charm, uh, which would be a lovely tribute song to play if you get some time, says Pat Hagerty. Um, uh, and, and actually, thank you for that. I have some lovely songs of Bill, actually. If, I, think I, I think I will play a Bill a song. Uh, so sad to hear the news of Bill is passing. I have some lovely memories of, him going, to, of going to the opera house for Panto. Panto. I also met him at his book signing. What a lovely, lovely man, says Martha. You probably know many great stories of Billa over the years, but I'd like to tell you mine. During the 1970s, I worked, aged 15, during the summer, as a helper on an ice cream delivery lorry with Sure Ice Cream on Cork's north side. Uh, one day, while sitting in the lorry on Baker's Road, Grona Braher, I saw this man walking towards me. He was wearing a suit, shirt and tie. He had just parked up a Ford Sierra car, same colour as the type used by the Gardee at the time. As he approached the lorry, he pulled his suit jacket aside and all I saw was something attached to the belt of his pants. I assumed it was a gun holster. He, he asked me for identification and I nearly died. I thought he was special branch, i.e. the suit, the blue car, the belt he was wearing. Panic can only describe the situation. He was winding me up 
but I didn't know it at the time. Billa, I was told later that day, worked as a sales rep with Beamish and Crawford. Thus, the company car, the suit, no gun. The holster turned out to be a page boy paging device for contacting his office, as there were no mobile phones in those days. As he left, I sat in the lorry panicking and eventually looked towards the shop and saw the shop owner, Billa, and the lorry driver, Donny O'Shea, RIP from Gronabraher, bursting their sides laughing at me. Whenever we saw Billa over the summer, he would wave over at us and he'd be chuckling away. A great guy, always great for a prank. A true son of Cork has passed on, says Leonard O'Connell, who got the shock of his life. I love it. Thank you for that. Uh, and one final one here. Our own Rory O'Hagan says, um, he actually, last night, he, he went through his own archives at home and found a 45, which is a single, vinyl. Remember that? Uh, which he had in his collection for quite some time. Rory says, I picked it up in a charity shop in Castle Street a few years back for 50 cent, which was a bargain. There's only one currently for sale that I could find online. And the same seven inch single is going for 24 quid on disc cogs. So my investment has paid off. Anyway, I've ripped a couple of the songs from the original vinyl for you. Crackles and all. Perhaps you might like to play them on the show. The A side is Beautiful City. The B side is Maggie. And I can tell you one thing, Billa had a wonderful voice. It was recorded in 1980, and it was a charity single for the School of Commerce Charity Fund, ADP, which was to aid deprived people. And you're so right, Rory, and thank you for sharing it. And it is Billa with the Janicek sisters, who were a wonderful musical family, still are a wonderful musical family, uh, from Cork. I think parents originally perhaps from Czechoslovakia. Catherine Janicek, actually, good friend of mine. I haven't seen her in many, many years, but uh, I did some radio programs with her way, way back in the day. But a very talented family. I think they actually grew up and lived in Gardner's Hill, if I remember correctly. But they did record uh, with Billa. And of course, wherever Billa would sing, um, he had many, many songs. But the man to sing uh, Beautiful City, My Home by the Lee, was most definitely Billa himself. And if you listen to this, you will hear crackles and all from the vinyl. You'll hear Billa singing wonderfully. But the harmony from the Janicek sisters is just in a different league. It's just beautiful. So this is what vinyl used to sound like, guys. I have sought to discover a haven of rest where the sun sings by night in the land of the West. I have dwelt with the red man beneath leafy boughs and the wild roaring prairies be spangled with flowers. I have hied to the north where the hardy pine grows midst the wolf and the bear and the bleak winter snows. I have traveled all climates but none could I see like the green hills of corn and my home by the lee. Beautiful city, charming and pretty. Beautiful city, my home by the lee. I have slumbered in palm groves by 
City with the uh, the Anichek sisters. Jack Lynch sang it. Sean O'Shea sang it. But Billa owned it. Billa owned it. I don't think they mind me saying that. What a beautiful, beautiful song. It's amazing, actually, when you hear songs like that, how proud you are of Cork. And the older I get, the more... I don't know what it is. The older I get, the more in love with the place I become. The late, great uh, Billa Connell and Beautiful City. That was lovely. Rory, thank you so much for digging that out. Thank you, my man. Your pleasure. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Yes, indeedy. There's uh, one or two issues, of course, involving us that we're not out of with COVID. And as you talk about the countdown to October, not everything ends, to my, the best of my knowledge, on the 22nd of October or whenever it is. I mean, the restrictions and the guidelines with regards to people who contract COVID and having to... Uh, quarantine and isolate for two weeks. All, all of that, all of that stays in place. But the issues regarding maternity continues, and I hope to come back to that. It probably won't be this morning, but to anybody who's been in touch, um, I will be returning to it. But one thing that I have been touching on across the week is uh, the new rules regarding sending kids back to school and creches and and daycare and stuff like that. Because some teachers, some principals, and uh, some operators are very upset that they will basically be in the firing line now with all of the kids who are close contacts allowed to go to school. And to, to go to crash. So I think that parents probably are very happy with it because it would have been and has been a nightmare for many parents. If a child is sent home because they're a close contact of the child or whatever, or if the child is sent home with sniffles or a cold or whatever, then it means that a parent has taken time off from school, sorry, taken time off from work and all that kind of thing. So, But I imagine that, um, you know, while the parents are probably happy, one would think that the crash owners or the teacher, certainly the teachers aren't very happy with it at all. Um, it does also mean that now that uh, all kids will probably get COVID as well, some are suggesting, if the kids are all staying in and they're all mixing together. But I can tell you one thing, Ollie Sheehan is Mary Geary's creche in Carrick too. It's a big creche, hundreds of kids. And they seem to be kind of okay about it. Ollie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How do you, how, where do you even begin with this? Like, where, where are you at with this? That, you know, that kids won't have to stay home, they can go to school regardless of the whole close contact thing. Does it also mean they can go to the creche and what have you with sniffles and coughs and colds? Yes, okay. Well, look, from, that's the, there's a change and from Monday that's implemented in schools yeah. and early year services and school age childcare as well, right? So where we are, we are very much uh, following the, the the government guidelines on it, right? In that, you know what? If there's a child, if there's a child comes in with your cough, 
sorry, immediately leave. Parents know that they, with very rarely parents know that they shouldn't be bringing them in and our experiences, are, and, and Neil, I would say I'm only talking about our own experience. I can't talk about every other facility, whether it's a school or whether it's another earlier service or whatever, yeah. but our, our experience has been, by and large, children, parents have been very cooperative, and the odd time that there is an issue, we've been able to pick the phone up immediately to a parent and say, sorry, you know, uh, sorry, you know, your child has a cough. Could you come immediately and t- and take that child, right? And what happens and with the child then with the cough? They're out for okay. five we, days. We, we, yeah, we wait. No, what we do is this. We, we recommend to the parents, you get advice from your GP. If it's not, if they want to go away and get a test or something, you know, uh, that's fine for them and they bring the results. The results come back. They, they come to us again or whatever. But like we would say, we would talk to them, contact your GP, see what your GP says. If the GP's advice is that, is that you, um, you know, that you, you get a test, they go and do that. And if the GP says that everything is okay, you know, uh, that's, that's good. And that's have you had a child then ultimately testing positive where you have to tell all of the other parents and they have then to take uh, the kids out as well? Okay, without, I suppose, going into specifics, we're lucky, you know, we've, we're very fortunate here. We've a, we've a big facility, right? 350 so, children attending and 80, and 80 children, staff. Yeah. Mother yes. of God Almighty, right? it's enormous. And like, both since we opened on the 20, reopened on the 29th of June last year, you know, and the difficulties that were, that we had to deal with in relation to that and changing and doing everything else, we've had, and I'm not going to say whether it was an adult or children, we've had just two cases of COVID cases within our service, right? right? In that 18, well, not quite 18 months, 17, 16 months or whatever, right? So, you know, we've been very lucky, right? You, and you put that just down to luck, is it? Well, no, I suppose, obviously, we walk every one of us here, and in particular the wonderful staff, they work really, really hard to... And to make sure that we are doing things the best we possibly can. But also, I would, and again, I would say, and I understand other people's anxieties in other facilities, we have the vast majority of all parents are hugely cooperative. We teach our children responsibility and respect, right? So we expect the same from their parents. Right, and if that responsibility and respect isn't shown by parents or by whoever, then you know we have to deal with that, right? But but the vast majority of time, so we had like you, you had the question was about how many how many hitches. So we had a very small group in in one case of children in one part, and we had a much larger group in another part. Now the difficulties with contact tracing, with parents saying, "Why did you say my child was uh, close contact?" Uh, you know, how did you define that? Yeah. How you, you have to send all the data on a special encrypted spreadsheet to uh, the HSE. You have to, then you have to be available. And like, it's funny on with us, you know, it, that could be out of hours. It could be at any time. And then, so you have uh, that. But generally, we are very, we are very, very lucky. And our experience, as I said, so that's two cases. But will that not change on Monday now because all that contact tracing will be gone so the children can stay no, in the class? Right. Well, our experience, again, with those two cases was that we didn't have any, we didn't have any problems, right? It didn't transfer to anyone else in those, in that, in that case, right? But 
Uh, but I would say, and I do know of schools, I've heard of, I heard, and I won't, like, it's not in my in our own area here, but a friend of mine said to me, a school in West Cork where there was a major, like, out, there was a, a major outbreak within the class, right? Now, I fully appreciate, I appreciate those things happen, but, like, if we all walk, because the idea that everyone, you know, the last time out happened with us, and parents having to take the 10 days off, uh, having to having to do all of those things to try to isolate, trying to take time off work, and this also we also have parents working here, so our own staff. The pressure I know and we know here, every one of us fully appreciates the huge extra pressure that puts on on everyone at work, and because we experience it here, because you know if, if there's a pod in the school closed, and one of all parents' ch- children are inside in that pod. Uh, they have to take off work here. So, you, you t- what are you saying to me? That it's beneficial for the families and the parents, then? Well, it is. It is ultimately it's beneficial for the families and the parents. And and but what I would say, like I'm coming back here for us. It's it is always it's always about the child and the child being number one, right? And you know there is anxiety. But is it not inevitable so that if primary schools are doing the same thing and what have you, that there will be a lot more outbreaks in schools and crashes? Look, I. It's, uh, the advice is, uh, if you read the guy, what, what, what the, the research that has come through, that doesn't appear to be carrying through that way, right? Now, again, we are guided by, we, I suppose, we have been fortunate, we've followed the guidelines, we've followed the directives from the HSE and all of that. And for us, again, I repeat it, this is for us, that has worked really, really yeah. well yeah. for us. Right, yeah. and I can't say I can't talk about any other facility. I can't talk about schools, but I am talking about ourselves here, the staff, the management team, the parents. We are all, you know, there was a big, there was. Well, there was 126 COVID outbreak outbreaks across different uh, settings involving children last week, and that saw 14,000 school children identified as close contacts and sent home. 14,000 of them. So yes. Those that fourteen thousand going forward now will stay in school. So there's bound. Well, there, yeah, well, well, there's, there's the bound to be more breakers. Again, once maybe not entirely. Anyone that would have any symptom again, I'd say at this is well, I'm just again for ourselves. Anyone that would have any symptom of any sort, you know what? A child that traditionally might have that little cough or might have whatever doesn't matter to us. Off you go, get the medical advice. and Even as you go across the winter, you're going to do all of that and that's going to continue when kids do always have sniffles and coughs and colds in the wintertime. Not, yeah, they yeah, just do, like. Yeah, that's it. But unfortunately, we can't. We're not the medical professionals. We cannot. And at what stage do you think that we'll park all of that and just, you know, accept, oh, look, accept that? You know, Except this, look, I mean, I think by the end of the year that we, I think the data, the, the, if you listen to the professionals, they talk about the data, the data. So I believe that by the end of the year, we hopefully will have such a clearer picture on, you know, how how, how better, even in the schools, in the preschools, in the school age services as well, um, that we will have so much better clarification. So, but I know, but I'm, what I'm trying to determine is across the winter uh, a child won't be sent home if they're in the same classroom as a COVID case, but they will yes. be sent home in the winter if they have the sniffles which they probably normally would have anyway and parents are going to be out of work again regardless. Okay, as a runny nose isn't on that, 
right, isn't on the, the HSE uh, guidelines on that, right? But I agree, Neil, anything else... A cough. Us, when I say anything else, I don't mean just anything, because if someone comes in with a sore toe, obviously, no. that's not a sense of right. But, like, I'm saying is that anything that's on the list, and we're at the stage where we're saying, you know, the slightest indication, oh, that's the way we will be, we're, we're sending them out, getting off you go, you know what, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's a member of the staff or whatever, like, we're experiencing it even, you know, someone has, someone wakes in the morning, I'm just not feeling great, you know what, I'm not, whatever. So, like, we're, we're trying to manage, and every other service is trying to manage with reduced um, availability of staff, right, because I think, look, particularly in, in childcare, and, like, you know, it's a wonderful sector to work in, and uh, sometimes I think, you know, where it gets, gets, you know, it doesn't get its full credit because the miracles the staff are performing, really, and, you know, every day, you know, you're dealing with children with additional needs, yeah. you're dealing with the developing, you're trying to... You're, and I suppose to an extent you were, trying to, you were trying to get them to stay in pods, and they're probably all... Exactly. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're probably like, not now anymore. The natural thing is, is that like you know what? Oh my God, I see something over there. I'd love to go play in that, and that's 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 what you would normally be encouraging, you know, because it's we would generally be child late, right? But there's a boat then attached to that because if someone there's a group playing in a playground and there's another group, some child in another group. Oh, I want to go to that playground. Sorry. You know, you can mix and whatever, right? So that is that is across the board, and that presents new challenges for us all, and bigger challenges and different challenges. But you know what? I the, the childcare providers that are out there have worked so hard, and they they are you know the vast majority of them have tried their level best to make it work and to make sure that the children are able to come in. And again, like I said, I'm talking about ourselves and not here representing anyone else. Good luck with good luck yeah. with Monday then. In fairness, let's see how right. it goes. Appreciate you taking the call. Take thank, care, Ollie. Thank you. Cheers. Right, thank you. It's Ollie Sheen from Mary Geary's crash and carrying of carry tool. They have um, three hundred and fifty children attending and eighty staff to look after them. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Don't forget free food Friday. Your chance to scoop pizza for fifteen of you. Text who you are and where you are to zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Courtesy of ourselves an Oak Fire Pizza. They have respiratory issues all winter, Neil. My kids cough more than they do uh, in November and December and January. It's normal. A lot of kids are on inhalers too for coughs. Even if they don't have asthma, it's going to be a mess. Morning, my husband is waiting on results of a COVID test. I kept my child out of school. Not sure, should I have? Should I have sent him in until the results come in? And if he's positive, can I send my child to school on Monday if he has no symptoms? Well, I don't know what you're saying to me there. Um, the, the changes take effect next Monday. So I suppose if uh, your husband is awaiting a result of a COVID test, you, you kept your child out of school, probably shouldn't have, I suppose. You know, like on, until such like technically until such time as is a positive you know I don't know but from Monday of course um, it'll be very very different in that regard that's ridiculous if it's going to be uh, that kind of carry on in this country we will never ever get back to normal it's like the flu Neil people are vaccinated we should just be driving on 
Sishiona. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Some more free food Friday. Shoutouts to everybody at Bunskull, Creastry and Turnus Cross. To Inside Insurance Brokers at the Airport Business Park. Good morning to everybody at Hoyer. To Paddy Powers and Grona Broher. Goulding's Fertilizer on the Centre Park Road. To Transpart in Ballyvillan. To ESI Technologies in Dunkettle. O'Donovan's Life Pharmacy in Balafihan. Thank you so much to Doyle Shipping Group. They just came back to say we won the other week and we wanted to say thank you very much for the delicious pizzas from everyone at Doyle Shipping Group. To everybody at ECI, JCB and Carrick Tool and also Little Island Dental Surgery um, breaking their diet for the weekend with pizza. So keep those texts coming. Text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. We'll do some more shout outs around about a quarter past uh, 11 today. Um, lots to do between now and midday but lots of reminiscing as well this morning just like the last hour yesterday when the uh, passing was announced of the late great Bill O'Connell and everybody has had stories and texts to share um, and it's great to reminisce and give him the acknowledgement that he deserves um, for the great life that he had and the entertainment he gave us. Now, Chris Toomey, for, for a long, long time, would have been uh, the manager at the Old Vic on Marlborough Street and also uh, manager at uh, the great Coco's Nightclub. Um, so I imagine Billa would have been his rep in the pub and the club. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Good I, morning, Brenda. Good morning, uh, Keith. Good morning. <laughs> now, can, I, can I open this, Neil, if you, if you please, if you, if, you, if you accommodate me for 10 seconds? Yeah. Could I say sincere condolences to Billa's family? Yeah. Could I also express my extreme thanks for the fact that they shared him with Cork for many, many, many they years? Did. They did. Yeah, they I'd say sometimes him. there were ships passing in the night. He was so busy, in and out. Yeah, yes. Catherine Mann Buckley yes. said, Catherine Mann Buckley said this. He did loads of charity work, yeah. yeah. He was working in Crawford, he was doing pantomimes, he was doing charity, and that family shared Billa with Cork. Catherine Mann Buckley said this morning that a lot of the time he would literally go home, grab a bit of tea, and he'd be out again for the night. Absolutely, yeah. And that family shared Billa. They shared their father with us. And I say thank you. For How that. well did you know him? Well, I, I only knew him on a business level, really. But um, I was manager of the old Vic. We were heavily influenced by, by USA. We had two American consultants over through Bergland, etc., etc. We then were doing happy hour because America always did happy hour. So we did happy hour in our innocence in Cork, in Marlborough, in the old Vic. And it was 50 pence a pint, right? <laughs> now they came from everywhere. There were fellas on bus passes. There were fellas who hadn't been in the city in 20 years, came down to point some off these there, right? <laughs> and we got a pound off them. No, we were the only pub in the city, first of all, doing it. But secondly, more embarrassingly, we were the only pub with a doorman on the door at three o'clock in the afternoon. I remember it. <laughs> because it was jam-packed. There was, at one stage, uh, at one stage, we, we, Philip was charging 50 pence to get in, for God's sake. I'm glad you blame Philip for that. You're <laughs> absolutely right. It was Philip. It was Philip O'Connor's his name. Fair play to him. 50 pence on the door. I remember on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon at like DJ, 3 o'clock. We had a DJ there. We had a DJ on, standing on two upside down uh, Coca-Cola crates That's with right. two double decks, speakers <laughs> hanging off the wall purposely, and he, he played away, God bless him. He went on some better things later. Yeah. But let me just tell you a quick story about Philip. <laughs> Because we were doing 50 pence a pint, the carling, the carling was banging out the door, right? <laughs> and I could take, for, I had storage space as well, I could take 40 to 50 kegs off Billa at a flip of a coin, right? So when Billa's quota at the end of the month was up and Billa being as cute as a fox, 
right? He'd come in and he'd say, come here, what can you do for me? Was he, if he was short on the quota to make his target, is it? For the target for the month, right? So I'd say, how many do you want? He'd say, can you say, I will, I'll take 40. And uh, I take party, and Billy would make his quarter, right? So Billy went away doing his pantomime, his charity gigs, then with his job done, right? He was a very honourable man. And and with that, um, with that, then there'd be the next, the next visit. He he give me a stereo, three in one stereo, <laughs> a flat deck, three in one stereo. I got two of them. I got golf clubs. I was head to toe dressed in Beamish and Crawford bag, coats, t-shirts, right? Um, but to be fair to Bill, to be fair to see, see you talking about the, 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 the character, the nature of the man. 30 years afterwards, I'd meet Bill on the street or when he was doing um, uh, charity work for, 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 for uh, oh, um, um, cancer, um, help me. Uh, Maybe Marymount, probably. Marymount, Marymount, yeah. Marymount, Marymount. And the guide dogs. The guide dogs were a very special one to Bill, right? And I'd meet him. And I could tell you, it was like meeting them yesterday. It was like, everything was like yesterday. He had amazing oh, recall then. Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> always a joke, always a smile, right? But he was uh, basically caught lost. And the word, and you correctly said it last week, the legend is thrown around. Flipping. Yeah, it is. It is true in his case. A yeah. true legend. Because he, 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 he was caught born true and true bred. And gave us all a laugh at some stage. Even the RT late late show there, how well he held himself. Um, but again, I reiterate that I should say, sir, thank you to his family for sharing Billa with Cork for so long. Lovely story. Thanks for sharing it. It's great to reminisce. Happy days back in the eighties. Look right. after yourself, Chris. Cheers, my man. Bye. I think Mick Mull has a very funny story. Actually, he wants to share with Billa on Billa. But we'll do that after eleven because I'm out of time for now. Back after eleven. I'm Rory. And I'm Val- Join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prindeville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. And you can text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone on 1850-104-106. I was mentioning earlier on about the proposal with regards to uh, Micheál Martin saying that uh, there'd be all sorts of extra payments and people who worked in the front line and he wants to include retail workers as well to get rewarded with cash bonuses and free days off for shop staff who worked during the pandemic as well as those who worked on the front line but the issue actually was technically how would you determine who was front line and who wasn't so there's a big response to that actually and we were sharing that online and many people have been have been texting on it but an interesting email from Sarah says I really feel we have lost all hope in this country now people are at such a low ebb after the pandemic which isn't even over and now the government are hell-bent on dividing people once again this time it's about the frontline worker bonus so Mial Martin comes out last night and says that shop workers and healthcare workers will be given a bonus or time off because of their work during the pandemic what about the cleaners the warehouse operatives pharmaceutical workers creche workers courier drivers and all of the private sector who went to work all through the pandemic. What about all of the people who lost their jobs during the pandemic? What about those that are still destitute because of it? I understand the logic of giving something to frontline healthcare workers. They should have done it last year. Uh, I'm a full-time private sector worker. I worked through the pandemic myself. It was horrific. I was dealing with the public, getting abused daily on the phones. I got a wage cut for my troubles. 
and yet I was working longer hours and dealing with far more stress. Now I'm being told that all that hard work was in vain because I'm a private sector worker and instead my hard-earned taxes, 52% of my wages, will go to give public sector workers this bonus. If ever there was a time I wanted to leave this country, it is now. Hope you get to read this out and let me share my frustration. And that's from Sarah. Uh, by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. There are many texts on it and possibly at this stage uh, we'll start getting getting calls. It might well be Monday, but if you have thoughts on it, is that divisive or not? What do you think? Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Meanwhile, been jumping in and out of people sharing nostalgic and funny stories and lovely stories about the late Billa. Great man to tell the tale is our own Mick Mull. Mick, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? How well did you know him? I didn't know him that well. Uh, we met a few times, uh, but we uh, we had abiding memories because the one thing he really enjoyed doing at Christmas time happened by default. I was asked when you and I were both working on a different frequency to uh, do a Christmas Eve thing, and it became a bit of a regular. I bumped into Bill and invited him in, and what kind of started off just as an innocent few Christmas songs, few requests, Bill reading a few requests, became Bill doing a monologue, remembering Spangle Hill and the Shawleys and the Cold Case. And he came in and repeated that, uh, for the rest of my time there, I think, and uh, we, I think we got four or five great years out of it. I, I never really knew his family, but I was very well acquainted at one stage. None of that audio oh. knocking around, no? Oh, gone, I, I wouldn't think so, you yeah, know. Um, and, and so much of it is lost. Yeah. Uh, you never caught him. You never caught him on a wind up. He would have been a good man to catch on a wind up, wouldn't he? Oh, there, there, we, we we had a rule in doing the wind ups. You couldn't wind up a sitting Lord Mayor. And, and you were not to wind up Bill O'Connell because if you gave him a heart attack it would be the same as Mark Chapman shooting John Lennon but uh, I, I knew Bill's son Bill Jr uh, Bill O'Connell he, when he was the materials director for, for uh, EMC so just want to commiserate with the family but I know that Bill got a great kick out of this story that Neil Tobin would tell about him at Neil Tobin concerts and it actually happened I think it happened in the Everyman Palace Hotel Neil was, Tobin was doing a show now Neil enjoys being called Niall about just as much as you do um, <laughs> Niall Tobin but, but Bill was going to be in the audience first or second row and of course backstage beforehand um, Bill said to Neil Tobin look Neil it's like this now the buzz is going to go around and I'm in the audience right and if you mention me at all they're going to want me to sing you can't not mention me so when it comes to what the end of your show or whatever, just say my good friend Bill O'Connell's in the audience. No, I'm not going to jump up eager to sing like. <laughs> but if you can impress, you know, you can you can ask me and ask me again, and I I'll spawn it off. And I hear nah, and I come up then and I'll sing. Oh my God! Uh, I, I want to do justice to the song now, so I want you to ask me to sing this particular song. <laughs> and the song is the Bandolero from Trial by Jury. <laughs> so Neil Tobin was writing it down. I'll have to memorise it I can't the bandolier from Trials the bandolier from Trials okay so I came to the end of the show everyone was in a happy form and Neil Tobin said well we have one of our own in the audience here Bella O'Connor and Bella stood up and took the applause and the whole lot sat down again and I was wondering on this special occasion if we could get Bill O'Connor to sing a song no 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 I won't no 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 thanks very much though. thanks very much oh, no no I, I really do insist I really do insist Bella would you come up yeah, I don't know. The voice isn't good tonight. What would you have me sing, Niall? <laughs> uh, so he said, um, I was thinking, I, I heard you do a great version of the Bandolero from Trial by Jury. And Bill is still up, scratching his head. And it's, uh, uh, yeah, nah, Niall. I think to go a small bit over their heads. <laughs> and you know, any fool knows the Bandolero is not from Trial by Jury at all. 
and Philip sat down and laughed with the rest of the audience at Neil Tobin having caught him royally at Neil Tobin's expense exactly great man and uh, we will we'll, we'll, as they say in Irish, we make a later show. We'll never see the like of them again. Well, well done. You love your Cork characters. Fair play, Mal. Appreciate that. Have a good weekend. Oh, <laughs> Cheers. Take care. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. If there are more texts on that, we'll squeeze them in between now and midday. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. So we are talking about cash bonuses and time off in lieu um, for those that uh, worked through, well, only some sections of society that worked through the pandemic to reflect their contribution, he says. I think he might have put two left feet in this one now because traditionally it would be frontline workers such as nurses or people working in hospital settings um, and maybe Gardaí. But now he's also saying retail workers. And where do you draw the line on retail workers? and why just retail workers. Quite an amount amount of texts on this, actually, to 0868104106. Well deserved for anyone who worked through the entire pandemic, says Cara. Yeah, but that's anyone, though, you know? A lot of others did, too. Why not just restore everyone's pay to what it would have been before we took cuts, which at the time we were promised it would be restored when the crash was sorted in 2009? Smoke and mirrors, should they want to raise the rents? Uh, They can't do that if the workers aren't earning a livable wage. Actually, it's quite interesting because the universal social charge, of course, was only supposed to be temporary, like a lot of other things. A tax-free bonus for all workers would be a better option. All workers. Places are understaffed as it is. So giving people extra time off will just put more strain on businesses and healthcare sectors. Healthcare workers like healthcare assistants and nurses are not paid enough as it is. Uh, Deirdre says there are plenty of workers that had to work through the pandemic. What about factory workers, lorry drivers, catering staff? It should not be just down to one or two groups. That makes it also very unfair on the rest of us. Ian said, in an already understaffed health system, giving more time off is brain dead. A tax-free lump sum would sort it. It's a nightmare trying to get staff anyway. Erica says, I think it's a big show. It's a big show, a self-promoting PR stunt on his behalf. He cares nothing if hard work, uh, if hard workers and Sorry, that doesn't make sense, apart from the fact that it's a PR stunt. Regina says, give them a pay rise, the pay rise they deserve. Uh, The government keeps saying we're all in this together, but you're forgetting about the rest of the workers who also worked through the pandemic. Stop segregating people. Give the nurses the rise they deserve. Don't insult them by trying to give them time off. Uh, And there's lots more like that. Let's not forget the poor politicians. They deserve a pay and a third pay rise, don't they, for all of the hard work they're doing. And Samantha says, what about childcare practitioners that had to work? Landscape gardeners, factory workers, plenty of other sectors that could be mentioned and was left out. Um, Lisa, tax free is the answer, not time off. Jacqueline says, so well they should, putting their lives at risk through the whole of the pandemic. Nobody else did that. Elizabeth says, does this apply to all people who worked through the pandemic? People who didn't work get looked after uh, and they are seemingly reaping the rewards. No, it doesn't apply to all people who worked through the pandemic just the ones that he seems to have mentioned exclusively. So your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Playing us out this morning, Declan Sinnott and Victoria Keating in studio. We'll have a couple of tunes from them, including their new uh, single, which is a version of Joe Jackson's Is She Really Going Out With Him? But... It's a great version because they own it and they change it and they interpret it themselves. As mentioning earlier on about a couple of things that still need changing, and that is the way the CUMH behaves with regards to 
pregnancy and labour and visitation rights of, par- of partners and what have you. Caroline Cummins um, is a maternity care campaigner on Leaside and uh, the setup at the COH uh, seems to be rogue to many other maternity hospitals. Caroline, good morning. Morning, Neil. Thank in, you for having in me. In fact, I got an email, which I'll get my hands on in a few minutes' time, from um, a, yes. a partner who's gone through the horrors because his his wife's been in there for a long, long time. I think she's being induced today, and I think he's in the car park. But anyway, what's going on? Oh, I mean, we're still talking about this issue, you know, this this far down the line. Um, the HSE have issued guidelines um, a number of weeks ago which should have been implemented by every single of the 19 maternity units across the country Um, but unfortunately compliance with those guidelines is very low you still get a different situation depending on where you are in the country and as you say CUMH has always been just a little bit behind the mark and a little bit more conservative and um, stricter uh, especially than a lot of the, the Dublin hospitals and the ones in, in Galway and Sligo. So, because now at this, is, this stage you'd have people fully vaccinated, wouldn't you, in the yeah, hospitals? Absolutely. Yeah. And those yeah, going in and out fully staff. vaccinated, yeah. Correct, yeah. Um, I mean, there, in our minds, there are a lot of um, resources that are not being used in order to make it safe for partners to be in there that just aren't being talked about, aren't being looked at. And as you said... There's other industries looking at your vaccination passports, doing antigen testing, doing PCR testing. The travel industry is using all of that. Um, It seems that we're in a situation where we'll never be a completely risk-free society, but certainly in in maternity care, which is very much a planned service, um, you could mitigate the risk if you had the will to do so. You know, we have enough resources available to us to do that, and it just doesn't seem to be the will uh, behind the management at um, maternity hospital units. And, and what, are the, what, are, what, are, what are the what are they doing in the CUMH right now? I mean, in in the sense that it's different to others. Do you know? I'm not actually sure on the exact details because we've been we've been campaigning on a national level. So we have a spreadsheet up on um, our Instagram page, which is Women Ascend for this better maternity care campaign, and it's a rolling situation. So often on the website, a, a hospital will give you an idea of of what restrictions are in place there. But unfortunately, the lived experience that we're hearing from the patients going in and out is actually different a lot of the time to what even the website says. So it's 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 a fluid situation. Some people are being told one thing when they phone and then getting to the door of the hospital and realizing it's a different situation. Is, is it not so, something to do with how, how many centimeters um, the pregnant woman is dilated as to whether the par- partner yes. can get in or not, isn't it? Unfortunately, that definition of active labor as being four centimeters dilated is still in place. We've been calling for that to be removed and that labor is labor and that no partner should be separated from a pregnant person when they present, whether they're going in for an induction or a lay, or they're presenting in labor or a C-section. So it seems to come down um, a lot of the time to how many beds there are in a ward and what they deem the risk to be. Now, we've, ne- we've never seen any risk assessments published. They supposedly are reviewing them every week, but we've been calling to see these risk assessments, and we just don't believe there are any. Um, so, yes, I think in the CMH, when, when you get taken down into either the delivery suite or into an induction room and you're on your own, only at that point can your partner come in with you. But if you're unlucky enough to be sent up to an antenatal ward, when you're in labour, you, you go on your own. And, so after, very, and how, long can he, how long can he, or indeed she, stay afterwards? Um, again, I think it depends on what time of the day you give, you give birth, which is crazy. So, yeah, so they have set um, 
set hours for your 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 two hourly visits. But if you're unlucky enough to give birth outside of that, um, your partner is made go home and come back at at visiting hours. So really, at this stage, it just seems so arbitrary. They're not keeping partners out of the hospital entirely. You know, partners are coming and going, which is a, which is a positive step. It's what we've been asking for for a year now. But we're just saying, please, can you just go back to pre-pandemic access for that one nominated support mar- partner that you need there? And that that would be that visits. partner would be deemed as an an essential partner. Wouldn't, isn't that the terminology yeah. I heard being used recently? That just yeah. that one person. Even the HSE has used that terminology, Correct, an essential yeah. support partner, and the, the World Health Organization has always said that. So yes, exactly. If if they're essential, then there should be no separation between them and, and the pregnant person. And we've never, ever been asking for, for the reams of other visitors to be coming in and out. No, we're, no, we're, no, I understand that. We're, yeah. we're very happy with them. Here's, <laughs> the a typical, here's a typical email. I won't read out the entire one because it's quite yeah. lengthy, but this is a partner who says, we're at the point where the vaccination program is pretty much complete, COVID numbers are stable, final restrictions being lifted, etc. Etc. But expectant mothers and their partners are being put through undue stress and anxiety. My own wife is now one week overdue and has suffered a week of sleepless nights, breakdowns, borderline panic attacks because oh. she's been dreading having to go in to get induced and going through the labour on her own. I realise there are women and couples in far worse positions than us and I'm sure it will all work out physically but I worry about the long-term effects it will have on her. I would like to know what else needs to happen before the partner is ha- able to have unrestricted access Previously, low vaccine take-up was cited as as the reason. Uh, I read the figure was as low at one stage as 30%. I don't believe that to be true anymore. I know several couples who are expecting, all of whom are vaccinated. He then goes on to say thanks to the hard-working staff at the CUMH. But the management need to properly justify their continued restrictions and provide a plan for reopening. It's about time some sort of a protest was held. And that's from a partner who, whose partner, I believe, she's being induced today. Oh, all the best of luck to her. I agree with everything that man is saying. We do have a protest planned. He'll be happy to know. Um, it's on the 6th of October at 1 o'clock in Dublin, outside the Dáil. Um, it's called March for Maternity. And um, we're asking people to, to just register. There's a, there are links on the, the Instagram pages, Women Ascend and in her shoes, COVID pregnancy. So it has unfortunately got to that stage. Now we have got one more meeting next week, um, our campaign group with the sort of top people and the decision makers in the HSC. This is the, the third meeting we'll be having with them. We've seen small changes come out of these meetings, but definitely not enough. And yeah, um, yeah I agree with that man. And I'm, I'm so sorry that in September 2021, he's still sitting where he is. Okay, well, good luck with that. Stay in touch. Thanks for taking the call for now, Caroline. I'm quite sure we'll Thanks. get some more calls and texts on that. We can turn to it on Monday. If you have a story to share, email neil at redfm.ie. Okay, we'll do another bunch of shout-outs in a few minutes' time for a free food Friday. Also, remember, I have some tickets to give away uh, for the perfor- at performance of Catty Barry, the Queen of the Cole K, that's running at the Cork Arts Theatre nightly at 8 o'clock, up to and including Saturday, October 2nd. So you might want to check that one out. Win some tickets this side of midday. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Hi, yes. Partner says, I'm just after dropping... My, this is actually from maybe Wednesday's program. He says, I'm just after dropping my wife off in the CUMH. It took us three hours to get her admitted past the door. The nurse said belly pains can be a COVID symptom. Uh, but she's going to the CUMH. She's bound to have belly pains. 
Belly pains can be a COVID symptom. I met a man there waiting hours in his car after losing a child. They wouldn't let him in as his partner was still in the waiting room. What kind of a barbaric state are we in now? Oh, my God. I met a man there hours in the car park after losing a child. That is absolutely tragic. Um, undoubtedly, we'll be returning to that topic and lots more besides uh, on, on Monday. Listen, there was a lot of good things happened during the week and happy things happened in this ever so much more inclusive world that we live in, thank God. There was a lovely story down in Middleton CBS Boys Primary School. They got a new staff member. I was telling you about that during the week and there were some great photographs in the papers and online of Alfie, the golden doodle. He took up his job. It's probably a paying job, maybe paid in treats. Very highly trained dog, Alfie the Golden Doodle. Took up his position in the school and joined the school roll book on Monday last. Name into the school roll book. He's an autism therapy dog. It's a great story, a very positive story. And well done to Middleton CBS Primary for getting it together. There was fierce excitement down in the school earlier in the week. Seamus Whelan went to the East Cork School to catch up with the students and the staff. And I hope also uh, the new arrival, Alfie. The Golden Doodle. Who let the dogs out? About a year and a half ago, I walked into the front office of our school, and our school te- secretary Letitia was talking to one of the other members of staff, and they just kind of cheekily kind of said to me, "How would I feel about a school dog?" And I went, "Sounds good. Look into it, and we'll see where it takes us." So they, we set up our own school dog committee. Um, and staff came on board with that and uh, they went researching it and well, how it works um, how schools in England and across the UK that were involved in the programme already um, the benefits of it who was involved in it in Ireland was it happening in Ireland I actually spoke to our own department inspector at the time saying you know would this be a runner in schools and she actually in her own secondary school when she was growing up said that they had had a school drug so she was very excited about it so we approached different organisations and it just so happened that my canine companions and um, we're looking to start a schools program and we just kind of got in at the right time a, a therapy dog like Alfie would be something that you'll probably consider not in the mainstream school but in special educational that is true and I suppose through my canine companion who traditionally have placed um, dogs with families who have an autistic child maybe with them and um, that that is traditionally where they were involved but it's it's a massive opportunity here in Middleton CBS we do have three classes for autistic children um, and we have other children with varying needs across the mainstream but I suppose we see the biggest need now being a, as a result of the two COVID closures and the rise in anxiety levels in children and we can see a huge benefit now. A calming effect on both staff and students. 100% yeah and I know already yesterday morning one of our boys um, was having a little bit of a hard time maybe the end of last week and this week coming into school and we, we just happened to meet him with Alfie and we went for a little walk. It was a great distraction. He was able to leave mum that bit easier and this morning I met him and he sailed in and was all chat about Alfie so already he's barely two days in school and already we're seeing the benefits of it. And they called it puppy love. Yeah, it's cool to have a dog in school. It's not something that you'd usually see around, you know. It's something cool. Um, no one really saw him at the start. We we weren't planning to see him, but then he came out to the yard when we were out yard. It was very cool to see him. He was very cute. And then he went, and then they went out to with to the younger classes. I think it's so exciting to see there's a dog in the school. Well, first school in Middleton that I'm in Cork to actually have one. What do you think of? Uh, I love dogs, and I really want to get one. So 
I think it's really good to have a dog in school. Are there any rules about Alfie that he comes with? Can you touch him whenever you like? or No, you, you can only touch him when he doesn't have the green jacket. And is that hard to do? Not touch him when he doesn't have his when he has his green jacket it's not on. Hard to I think he's very cute and fluffy. He's handsome, I have to say. But when, like he comes home with you every evening, does he? He does. Is it hard to have the the ground rules put in place? It is. It's different from your ordinary pup, I suppose. Um, but yes, yeah, still no, he's still puppy. Still gets to do puppy things. Still gets his cuddles. Still gets his free time. Has the zoomies out the back garden. What sort of an effect does he have on the school? Well, kids see him, instantly kind of calm. Once they get over the initial shock, it's like, oh my god, there's a dog in the school! Um, but yeah, he's seen it so far, so good. I mean, like, it's only day two, so we're all still learning, but uh, so far, so good. Oh, I guess they'll never know. That's Alfie, the golden doodle, who's now on the roll book and keeping everybody happy. He's the autism therapy dog down in Middleton CBS, and I hope that more schools do it. I love the, I love the choice, actually, of the Osmonds and puppy love. <laughs> it's a great story. Oh, listen, gigs are back, and I just want to give a big shout-out to everything that's happening down in Glountown Village this weekend. Well done to everybody involved. They are having the Upstart Music Festival. It's not a festival for upstarts or anything like that, but um, it's a big gig. We'll be down there. We'll be taping it up and I'll play some of the bits and pieces uh, on Monday's programme. But to all of the musicians and the revellers and everybody that is heading, it's down to Glantown Village right across the week. And it's an over-16s event. you got to have your digital cert and that's just the way it is. Parking's limited, so people are being asked to use the train or Shanks Mayor or take the bus or get on your bike and head down to Glantown Village right across the weekend for their Upstart Music Festival. But we got studio guests this morning with a new single out. In a few minutes' time, I will talk to both of them. It's Declan Sinnott and Victoria Keating. It's always a pleasure to have them in studio. And uh, they're going to play live for us. But I, I thought, actually, I'd play the studio version, version of their new single. We all remember uh, Joe Jackson's original. There's no point covering a song if you don't own it, change it, and interpret it. So here's Declan and Victoria with, Is She Really Going Out With Him? Pretty women out walking with gorillas down my street
look over there. Where? Here comes Jeannie with her new boyfriend. They say the looks don't count for much now that goes your proof. London, Victoria, welcome. Us jocks would always be caught by the Joe Jackson ends to that way back in the day because it had dead ends to it. Which one of you is the whistler? Oh, Vicky is. <laughs> Which one of you is the talented one? Oh, Vicky is. We both are. <laughs> Actually, Mark Willington, who works on this team, has a claim to fame. He went to school with Joe Jackson's oh, son. Stop <laughs> it. Oh, my goodness. Really? We're showing our age, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Is well, Joe Jackson still playing? playing? <laughs> I have no idea. I he assume. is. He's playing in March in the Olympia in, oh. in Dublin. He's got shows in, in March. Yeah. Um, the Tree Olympia, you mean? Uh, the what? <laughs> There's trouble over that, <laughs> yeah, isn't there? there is, yeah, Not yeah, everybody's yeah, happy. It's com- com- they're changing the name to Tree Olympia. Oh, I don't even want to go there. The commercialism of the world we live in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it's great to see you both. It's a great single. It's Thank just, you so I, I, much. I've been going around <laughs> singing it all week. Oh, particularly that's, the that's chorus. Lovely. Line. We, we, we wouldn't normally do a cover for a, a single like that. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, we Vicky has a show every Friday night, eight o'clock. Uh, on face on face cloth <laughs> and, and we did it we rehearsed it for that because we just do anything on that when we played and, it and then we thought let's go further you know yeah yeah. <laughs> Sin it selling his soul to covers <laughs> absolutely <laughs> oh 
Oh yeah, baby. I've only a few years left. I can't be. It can't be hanging around. What is it like? What is it about? Is it is it a song about women who go out with ugly men? Do you think? Do you know what? I think it's. I think from my understanding of it, Neil, it's like I have to be very diplomatic here now. Don't be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's um, it's Joe Jackson's take on the fact that every good-looking woman he sees and wants is in, you know, with this Jim Bunny guy with not much going on up upstairs and stuff, and every kind of thinking man on the planet has Can't an issue with this. Yeah. <laughs> Every thinking, sensitive soul is, you know, yeah. is, is, is she really truth? going is, out with him? Is there any truth in that, do you think? Um, not in my case, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you just called me? <laughs> what did I call you? What did I call you? A oh. domestic. A oh, domestic. No. Live on air. Live on air. We're getting everything this morning. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, I love you. Yeah, but it's ironic as well, and I think he doesn't want to be completely understood either in the lyric. You know? Yeah, and it's, 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 it, it, it was tongue in cheek when it came out. I mean, that was a piss take. He was doing a piss take, yeah. um, and yeah. we're doing a piss take of a piss take. Yeah. And yeah. it's very yeah. much tongue in cheek and fun. The video is brilliant, though. Oh, it's amazing. Because you rounded up loads of people to send you the photograph. They're yeah. selfies, loads. right? So many, yeah. And, they, yeah. and they're, they're darting along on the screen. So yeah. we're so yeah. we're sharing the single, and we're sharing the video okay. on brilliant. our own Facebook, oh, so people oh, can have a look at it as well. Thanks, Neil. So a, so a lot of work went into it. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you probably had time on your hands the last year, year and a half, did you? Well, it's been a blessing in, in many ways because of mm. that. And the focus, you can you mm. can really focus on things. Like, I, I'm going up and down the country. If I'm doing two gigs in Belfast, say, with Christy, that's kind of four days, you know, driving there and, you know, all the mm. rest of it. Mm. So it's... I'm glad mm. you brought that up because mm. I saw the documentary... Fortnight oh, yeah, ago, yeah. I, I haven't was, seen it. Now, oh so man, man, it's, it's incredible! Brilliant. Yeah. Have you not seen your bits in it or anything? Where you're uh, chatting the camera bits you did? I, I'm not sure I've ever seen them. I mean, I, I, I was there when I did them. That's about <laughs> it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I remember, I remember feeling put on the spot when I was asked for my opinion of Christie because it was. I don't think about that very much. You know what I mean? Like you, he's you, you, you said, you said that he's only got a few chords. Yeah, and that every year you try and teach him a new one. Oh, it doesn't, yeah, it see, doesn't always yeah. quite work. I thought that was very honest. Yeah, yeah well, well, I do, and and it's it's it, well, it was part of my mission in life to try and extend that because, like, there was a song we did, we did uh, "Shine on Your Crazy Diamond" on our record, the Pink Floyd thing. Yeah. And then we rarely ever did it live because Christy couldn't play the guitar and the guitar is his crutch to some extent, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, he'd stand up and sing a cappella, but I would have to play it and he would sing it and it's a different thing and so it didn't happen that much. Yeah. yeah. So I wish that he could play things like that, you know. But that's that's your department though, isn't it? The, the the solos, the driving it on, the acoustic work, the electric work, and all of that. That's why you marry well together. Yes, mm. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. What do you call it? Am I sing in that situation? I mean, if I play a gig with Vicky, I'm, I'm the what do you call it? I'm, I'm the band, if you like. But yeah. when I play with Christy, yeah. I'm the icing on the. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, don't mean to overly dwell on on your no, work no. with Christy, but it's very honest no, and open because. Yeah. You you guys admit that some gigs are better than others. That oh, you yeah, yeah, you know yeah, you break yeah. a string, you're mm. off key, you yeah, yeah. You, you start and wrong, mood, you know. Yeah, and, and where you are, whatever's going on in your you head. You know, he's nervous before every single yeah. gig. Yeah. Every single gig, we often Christy. Yeah, yeah. We're on. We're just before when I'm singing. But you with look them. as if you're 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 doing your backup. You're doing your a cappella. You're doing your chorus work, and you're singing, and yeah. you're enjoying every moment of it. Every moment, and I think we all are. But before we go on stage, there's this moment where Christy hugs us. All 
and we all get into a hug together. It's a scrum. It's, it is. It's a scrum. And uh, sometimes he said, uh, says, uh, whose turn is it to stand beside Vicky? <laughs> 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 and that's just his sense of humour. And I love that. And I love, yeah, yeah. I love working with him. He's yeah, such yeah. Uh, an Did odd... Did you do the smaller gigs with, with Declan there, the more recent ones? The, the the solo album gigs? No, just the last couple that he did with the trial gigs, the pilot ones. Oh, no, that Christy did? Yeah. No. Oh, no, no, neither of us were. Yeah, yeah. But what about yeah. the marquee, though? That will rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know what what involvement oh, yeah. we will have anymore. Yeah, like we were we were doing that for twenty years, not including moving hearts and a bunch of other stuff. So, mm-hmm. and I was a very small part of that story. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. if yeah. Deck isn't yeah. involved, I'm not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I couldn't very imagine one without there. the other, though. I know they, well, they they work beautifully together. I love how they play together. Why you were saying about nerves to go back mm-hmm. to it is Christy mm-hmm. is in a different position to everybody else. If if we make a mistake. People are watching Christie. It's not noticeable to say he's carrying the ball, and that's yeah, huge. he's huge, huge he, responsibility. It's not just about music. He mm. is. He feels like he'll say after a gig. I, sorry, I, I I know I said I do that mm. song. I just couldn't get it in. Mm. And what he means is he felt he would lose something. Yeah, that gig. He yeah. cares so yeah. much about yeah. everything, from everything, from how the audience reacts to how he's feeling, to how the songs, the songs he's singing, and yeah. yeah. Let's He's go back to talking about us. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Oh, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's do something live, shall we? Do you have anything in mind? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I know I played the single, which is great, and it's the studio version is terrific, but it's great to have something live. Great. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, we've a couple, if, you, if you're up for well, it. Well, let's go yeah. for the... This might be the next single we do, and it's not a cover, and we wrote it together. Yeah, when we were on holidays. Remember those? Like, Where were you? Barley Cove or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> not this year we were, you the know, when we went on a plane and stuff, like a couple of years no, ago. it was a few wow. years ago. It was a few years ago in Italy, in Lecce, Italy. beautiful city. The old days. Oh man, <laughs> you know the balcony and the pastries in the morning. And all right, let's 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 pick up on what you actually inspiration you got in Italy. Then let's have a listen. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> different point of view It's so easy to be new You've seen it You just put your hand up first For the best For the worst Broken wheel is all we hear No more bird song No more bird song Let's go singing in the choir Set your soul on fire Ever with desire in place Hateful word to say The broken wheel is spinning fast And the first will soon be last No more lessons from the past No more birds 
could see it as a sign Me, I feel a deeper rhyme With no reason No more reason Let's go singing in the choir Set your soul on fire Ever with desire in play Just what's it called? See, let's go singing in the choir. Oh my God! It's an unnatural time of the morning to be able to hit those kind of keys. <laughs> oh, thanks. And we're actually doing it in the wrong key because because <laughs> we forgot to bring the camera. Oh, sure, you can't take him anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous! Oh, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Oh, just close your eyes oh. and you're miles well, away. If, if you, you want to tell your listeners, that's the first thing we've played it uh, in. Any any in gigs yeah. coming up? We yeah, have, we ha- well, we're doing, um, well, we're doing my show together next Friday night yeah. at 8pm. That's Little Room's Big Music on, live on Facebook. And we are very late to the table to start getting gigs together because neither of us is very organised. So um, Nothing for the folk nothing. festival? You mean you're not doing anything? No, 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 not so far. But if anybody's out there and listening, you know, and wants us, well, I'm in talks with Serious Arts Centre. We're going to do something there and other places, but we are looking to play we are mad to play back with a vengeance oh man we've got such a fantastic set together and we're so great together totally we have, yeah we're yeah. so I don't know and we've got the love thing you know which is uh, <laughs> which <laughs> is an extra dimension like <laughs> life is good then yeah, yeah. Okay. life is very I'm, I'm good gonna, I'm gonna do a small bit of housekeeping to wrap and if there's one more that would We'd be terrific love to. we have something special for you if that's okay Oh, brilliant. Okay, I love surprises. Okay. Two weeks ahead of my birthday. Surprise. Yay. Fantastic. Okay, come back after the break. Text 0868 Back after these to wrap. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 Red FM. She really gonna take him home tonight. Damien Long, personal trainers in Glanmire. Congratulations. This week's winners of uh, Oak Fire Pizza Free Food Friday. That's six ginormous pizza. There's gonna be a lot of grief done in a personal trainer. Jim giving out ginormous pizza but enjoy it guys and all of the gang as well and maybe those that are in burning off a few calories and sweating on the machine so congratulations winners for this week we'll do it all again next week lines are open now 1850 we'll give away we'll give away three double passes for Catty Barry 
Catty Barry, Queen of the Cold Cave, now showing, now playing, I should say, at the Cork Arts Theatre. You can book yourself directly online at the Cat Club and it runs nightly up until and including October 2nd, which is Saturday week. So go and see that one. Well done to Marion Wyatt and all involved. one 850 Delighted to have Declan Sennett and Victoria Keating in studio to play us out live and to welcome the weekend. So what have you got in mind, guys? Um, you, were, you were at a show we did, a, a, a charity show we did in the Opera House, and you commented on the song, one of the songs we did, which is a version, a cover version of When Love Breaks Down. Oh, I recall that. The old Prefab Sprout. That's the one. Oh, my God. I was a huge, <laughs> huge fan of Prefab Sprout, to be yeah, honest. We, we had no. this conversation on the... <laughs> we yeah. did. The God, you have the memory of, a di- of, a, of, a, of an elephant. Or is it a dinosaur? Dinosaur. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's an elephant. I don't know. <laughs> you have a great memory anyway. <laughs> it is an elephant. Too. Yeah. Let's hear it. My love and I We work well together, but often we're apart. Absence makes the heart lose wager when love breaks down. The sweet September rain Rain on me like no other
crazy sex when love breaks down when love breaks down this incredible synergy between the two of you it's amazing that's so good. Thank you Thanks so, so much. So, much. so tomorrow night, Declan and Victoria, 8 o'clock on Facebook on your own uh, show. T- f- uh, tonight Friday. then? Tomorrow night. Yeah. Tomorrow night, Saturday night. Uh, oh no, next Friday. Plus today. Oh yeah. <laughs> because today is Friday. Oh jeez. <laughs> Musicians, you don't know the days in the week nor the time of the day. Oh dear God. It's a lovely place to be though, I'd say, is it? It is, yeah. It's great. <laughs> this kind of timeless world. <laughs> or one day morphs into the next. <laughs> I love you and leave you, lads. Have a great weekend, everybody. It's been a pleasure to have you in, Victoria. And uh, what can I say about the great Declan Sinnott? It is an (laughs) honour to have you both in. Mind yourselves and take care. Declan Sinnott and Victoria Keating. Our lines will stay open. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.